0: <laughs> I want to welcome everybody to Dewey Humboldt on Tuesday, February 20th at 634. Call this meeting to order. I want to thank you all for being here. Love to see the seats all filled. Miss Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Matthew Penn. Here.
1: Council Member Denise Rogers. Here. Councilmember Terry Nolve. Absent. Councilmember Amy Land.
2: Here, Councilmember Barry Thomas is absent. Vice Mayor Jeremiah Barron. Here. And Mayor John
0: Hughes. Here. You have a form of five. Thank you, Miss Evans. Would everybody please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance?
3: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic
0: for which it stands, one nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for
3: all.
0: You may be seated if you'd like to stand for the invocation, you may do so.
2: Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together tonight. We come before you to ask for your blessing on our town and its people. Please guide our leaders to listen to the people of this town, sorry, and bless them with the ability to hear our needs. Give them the knowledge and wisdom. Help them to work together and to make good decisions for the benefit of all. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Y'all may be seated. Item 5A, Council Announcements about Outside Meetings and Committees. Yes, Ms. Lance. Um,
1: We had our St. Mary's Food Bank distribution this last Thursday, and we served uh, 90 households and 245 individuals, and it went really well. And thank you guys all who helped out and, and who came via boxes. Right, Mr. Barron.
4: I just wanted to give everybody an invitation to the Dewey Humble days that are coming up on April 13th right here on Main Street. We have uh, lots of booth vendors signed up, food, crafts, fair, all sorts of stuff, so it should be a fun event for the family. So if you uh, don't have it on your calendar, please put it on there and please show up and support them. What
1: time is it? Oh, um, 11 to 3.
4: Thank you. Uh, April
0: 13th. All right, anybody else? Okay, seeing none, we'll move on to item six, public comment on non agenda items. The council wishes to hear from the citizens at each meeting, individuals may address the council on any issue within its jurisdiction. Council members are forbidden by Arizona open meeting law from answering your questions, discussing issues raised or taking legal actions on matters raised during public comment. A three minute per speaker limit shall be imposed. Everyone should read the notation on the agenda which more fully explains the town procedural rules. Alright, who's first? All right.
5: okay, come on up. Annie Drake, Dewey Humboldt, and I am just here on behalf of many of our community members here who are for and against the EPA, wanting them to spend the funds, preferably to clean up the mine and the smelter and stay the heck off of our private property. But also, we don't want them to take our people's property. And I'm just here to stand behind my community for that. And I also want to know why it's so bare across the street. If they knew years ago, which I just recently found out, about how they could be planting things, which I know I don't know a lot about the phytoremediation, but I know enough to know if they knew years ago, how many people today are sick that would not be sick? If we look up on that hill right now, every time the wind blows, every time it rains, all of that, you can see how big it is. That's all coming down. We're breathing that in, that's our lungs. So. What's the holdup, I guess, I want to know, for something so simple? Because I feel like the EPA is just here to spend the money that they were given. Motel rooms, whatever they're doing, and they're going to waste it. And don't give a crap about us as the citizens. That's it. All
0: right. Yes, Ms. Brandt.
2: I second what Annie said, Sue Brandt Humboldt. It's despicable that this has been going on so long. It's time to take care of the people of this town. People are sick, people are dying, and it's time to do it now. All
0: right, let's, uh, Mr. Chisholm.
6: Evening, Mayor and Council Jason Chisholm, town of Dewey, Humboldt. there's been a lot done in the past, a um, lot been put behind us. It's time to move forward. We've all said things that we shouldn't say to other people. We've all done things that we shouldn't do to other people. But you know what? Each and every one of us are in this room tonight to say something, to show something. Um, with that being said, you know, I myself... I want to apologize for anything I've done to hurt anybody, anything I've said to hurt anybody and move forward with that. Um, there's change coming. There is change coming to this town. Whether it's with the EPA, whether it's with the cleanup site, whether it's with the council, whether it's with mayor, I don't know. But there's change in the world right now, and there's change coming to this town. So... Um, I want to leave off on that, but uh, there was a, pub, a post published on Facebook. Um, I took the time to actually screenshot it and print it off. Um, I want to read something out of here under the summary and the findings. That 5.7% of Dewey Humboldt, Dewey, uh, correction, Dewey Humboldt comprises of only 5.7%. Of all lung, bronchus, and bladder cancer cases, of those patients, how many of them are Vietnam veterans that came back from Agent Orange exposure, that causes bladder cancer, causes lung disorder? Desert Storm veterans, myself included. (coughs) I have asthma from the war. Okay? My asthma was directly attributed to the weapons of mass destruction that we cleaned up, the dust the burn pit exposure, everything else. So I have asthma. I never had asthma a day in my life. Never had a problem breathing a day in my life until I came back from the war. We have veteran family members in here. I I am looking forward to this presentation tonight, but I want to thank Ashley Preston for putting that stuff on Facebook. It was very informative. I read it in its entirety. In fact, I even went and I dug, and I have actually the health consultation from ADHS from 2009, 13, and 17. So, thank you for your time. i looking forward to this information being given to us tonight. Thank
3: you.
7: Hi, my name is Ray, and I live in Humboldt, live up the hill a little ways. And uh, in that bladder cancer uh, survey, my husband was one. He had a very rare form of bladder cancer, and uh, we moved here in 2009. I lost him eight years ago to bladder cancer. So when we moved here, we're from the city, And we had the well tested. We'd never had a well. And they said, well, there is arsenic in your well, and there's this and there's that. And I said, is that okay? And they said, oh yeah, it's okay. All wells have that. I was so naive. I didn't know about the Superfund. I didn't know any of it. I have three adopted children, my grandchildren, that went to this grammar school their entire time. They all three have asthma. We don't smoke. They're not around smoke, so they can't blame it on that. They all three have severe nosebleeds, and two of them have learning disabilities. So is the Superfund responsible? You tell me. I don't know. I don't want my children playing on top of it. I can tell you that. And because we're rural, they are going to go out in the hills. They are going to go have fun. That's why we live out here. They are going to ride their motorcycles, and they are going to kick up that dust while they're riding. Do I expect something to be done? Yes, I do. I miss my husband. He was my best friend, 33 years. I want something done. My children's health has already been compromised. Will it be long-term? Probably as we go on finding out more evidence and what we're dealing with is my issue from the super fund. I had a test done. They by chance caught part of my lungs and asked me when I had been exposed to asbestos. I said, never in my life. And they said, well, you have thickening of your lungs. That's usually from asbestos. So I found out that the mine actually did have asbestos in it as well. So Is that where mine came from? I'm not a smoker, I don't know. I've never been around it. I want something done. I'm tired of the rhetoric. I'm tired of the EPA. I'm tired of nobody doing anything. This red tape, that survey, this report, and the stuff that's not being told to the people. How many people door to door could we go to and find out their health issues that aren't going to come out here? By the grace of God, I'm here tonight. Barely able to walk. But please, my children mean a lot to me. My animals mean a lot to me. Are my chickens' eggs even safe for me to eat? Are they really? Thank you. Yes, Come on
0: up, ma'am.
8: Hi, my name is Rebecca Dernille. Uh, Dewey humble? So in 2020, me and my husband, both disabled veterans, bought a home here. And then in 2021, we tried to sell that home. And at that time, we were informed that our house was in the Superfund site. Uh, That being said, I now have a $350,000 home that I can do nothing with. I have a dog who now has stage two cancer, two dogs that are now having severe seizures and I didn't deploy to a foreign country to be killed slowly by toxins. The EPA needs to do something and not take our homes because I've seen that in Times Beach, Missouri. Look at the history, it was the first EPA site. That's where my family's from. I won't stand for that. So, something needs to be done, and action needs to be done appropriately.
9: We Clef Dewey humble. I apologize. My topic is on something different. Um, recently, there's been a report um, to the town, and it's one of my neighbors. Her name is uh, Maria Papa Dimitri, contacted Animal Rights Champions of Arizona to complain about some dogs that live close to me. And I would like to read a few of the statements that I have received from council members on this um, on the committee on or on the council so on February 10th at 1042 um, Terry from animal rights Champion said I have spent weeks trying to get help for these dogs A neighbor has spent years and was retaliated by animal control and then at um, 1048 so that I believe is six minutes later um, Councilmember Thomas Decided to send an email to her. You need to call the Yavapai County Sheriff Department. The Attorney General is not going to do anything, but the Sheriff's Department will do it. And then at 1051, Terry sent back, that was the woman who did the video making the statement about the Attorney General. The Yavapai County Attorney told her it was. she was unhappy um, to take with their actions to call them. And that's why that was the video. So the video is of a neighbor that has nothing to do with this neighbor that has the dogs feeding it through a four inch slat and feeding it what she chooses to. Then at 11:18, so we're talking 27 minutes later, council member Thomas says, this is why people need to not vote for Lynn Collins for town council. If she had her way, people would be allowed to have massive animals, amounts of animals on their property. Can you imagine if this person and others like them were allowed to have as many as 50 turkeys per acre and large amounts of other animals, including dogs, cats, rabbits, pigs, horses, etc.? The list is too long to write. It would be animal, con- animal cruelty on such a large scale that it would dwarf any other that has been found. A no vote for Lynn Collins and others like her would pre- prevent that behavior from happening in our community. I think that is so disrespectful for a council person to be contacting animals rights, my personal opinion. Um, A few minutes later, about nine minutes later, please let me know if things don't change soon for these dogs. Private message me, please. That is Barry Thomas to um, Terry. The next one was just a few minutes, three minutes later. I don't know what the town council can do as far as this goes, but I will be looking into it immediately. Council member Thomas. They live two doors down from me. I have been there. The animals have plenty of food and water. They have a huge, not a doghouse a huge room they can go into. Those pictures are just what she can see. And animal rights told me to get on a large ladder and take a picture, a better picture. This is ridiculous. So I hope our council fights.
10: I wasn't
11: talking animal rights. I was
0: talking to a citizen of the town. That's what I was talking to. wants to see.
12: Okay. All right. Come on up. Jermaine. Hi, Steve Jermaine, Dewey Humboldt. You know, as long as we vote for Democrats, we're always going to have deep state problems. The EPA is deep state. Come on, wake up. Get rid of the Democrat Party. Losers are losers. They're going to make us lose. So vote Republican. That's all we got. Vote for Donald Trump. Let's get out of this mess. Woo! Yeah! Robert Nod, Dewey Humboldt, a.k.a. Bobby Blue Hills. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to get some enlightenment. Um, Has there anything been addressed with these water filters at the school? I've been letting calls in and haven't really received much. My son goes there every day, and he drank that water. So I am beyond upset, more than I was with the park when there were results here or a report or whatever you want to call it, don't care how you spin it. And nothing was done then now to find out it's been five years with filters i don't know if you guys have anything or say or over it being a town council not being a school district but the epa should have known about this also and they drugged their feet and currently from what i understand those filters are still dirty so now i'm going ahead and bringing my son bottled water into school he's a five-year-old he shouldn't have to put up with this he shouldn't have to deal with this this is for us. So kicking the can, dragging your feet, being lazy, being bureaucrats, being federal, don't care. I just wanted to bring it to your attention and see if someone can get some answers with this with the water filters. Because that, or do we start charging the school and bringing bottled water in for the kids? It's not their fault that this happened, yet that's our only place for education for them here locally.
0: Thank you.
13: Lynn Collins, Dewey Humboldt, I wanted to make sure that all the new folks that are here, all the press that are here, realize that one of the members of our town council is a responsible party. That man is Terry Nolan. I don't know if that's why he's not here tonight, but everybody needs to know that. He is one of the people that said that the dust won't hurt you, he said he was interviewed in the paper a long time ago, covering it up. Thank you.
0: Anybody else? Come on up. Miss. Miss Bridge.
14: Karen Brooks Humboldt, thank you, Mayor Council, for allowing me to address you tonight. Um, One of my topics that I have tonight is in response to the Council's action to boards and commission members and volunteers of our community. I think it's very important that we have well-staffed, boards and commissions at all times. And it's never appropriate, and I do believe we have a code on the books that says that uh, council members are not supposed to have input on boards or commissions, and they certainly shouldn't be uh, criticizing different commissioners or board members uh, that are serving in different capacities than they are. They are not the only voice in our town. They are not the only... Um, ideas in our town, and they are not to be uh, subjecting boards and commissioners and citizens to their beliefs. Every citizen of this United States is entitled to their perception and their beliefs. It's not somebody else's, and they've got a right to speak it. You don't have the, the necessity to take their word what your re- responsibility should be is research the information to find out what is best for you and what uh, would be best for our town. So I've, you guys have heard me when I was on the council, before I was on the council, after i have been on the council, how I feel about an ethics policy. But if this one council member cons- continues attacking the citizens of our town or the citizens that take their time and serve on boards and commissions and everything and attack them, I may have to change my mind about an ethics policy, but boy, if I am, I wanna be there so I can be at the judgment and can voice my mind and my opinion and my perception on how I feel about how this person has treated other members of our community. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Anybody else? Yes, come up.
15: Thank you, my name is Mike
11: Long. I'm currently the Assistant Director for Dewey Humboldt Firewise. And I want to thank, Dewey Humboldt Firewise wants to thank the citizens, the mayor, and all the council members for the continued support you've given us over the years. I would like to request that if it meets proper legal requirements, a link to the Dewey Humboldt Firewise website be included on the Dewey Town homepage under outside agencies. Thank you very much.
0: Anybody else? All right. Seeing then. We're going to move on to item seven, which is the town manager's report. I think uh, all, wait, wait, Hold wait, on. Wait, wait. We got one more. Come on up to the podium. State your name.
16: Hi. My name is Claudia. I'm doing humble. My kid also, I was listening to, I believe it's Robert, about the kids. They... Um, we would like to know about the water. Um, My kid is only six years old and he forgets his water most of the time. And I guess we want communication, we want, my kid barely told me that his teacher just, um, I asked him if you need to drink water, what do you do? He's like, I guess they have to wait until the end of the day because they don't have water bottles, they don't provide none of that so we are very concerned that they're not the teachers are not communicating this to us and i think that's it just we want communication let the kids parents know thank you all
0: right now we'll move on to item seven uh
17: yes Mayor and council i i would say that we have a bunch of people from uh, phoenix that are here and uh, if we could uh, they're going to do a presentation tonight, and I'd like to pour bill.
0: Okay, no problem. So we'll move on to item eight: consent agenda. Motion to approve the minutes of July eighteenth, twenty twenty-three regular meeting. Any okay. second? Motion to be made by Miss Rogers, seconded by Miss Lance. Any discussion on the motion? Okay, seeing none. Uh, Miss Evans, roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember agenda
0: Oh, yes. Councilmember
3: Rogers? Yes. Councilmember
0: Lance? Yes. Councilmember Thomas? Yes. Vice Mayor Barron? Yes. Mayor Hughes? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Evans. Okay, moving on to item nine, general business. 9A. Presentation by Arizona Department of Health Services and the Yavapai County Health Department relating to the Iron King Mine and Humboldt Smelter Superfund site on a summary of three health consultations previously performed at dewey humboldt by these agencies on the effects and the contaminations through the air water and soil
17: mayor if i can have uh, mr humboldt
0: okay perfect
18: thank you mayor and council Um, tonight we're pleased to have present Representatives of the Arizona Department of Health Services and Yavapai County Community Health Services. After my brief introductory remarks, they will make presentations totaling about uh, an hour in time. Their presentations will address potential public health risks arising from exposure to waste generated by historic operations of the Iron King Mine and Humboldt Smelter. Before introducing our guests, I'd like to explain why the Town Manager's Environmental Advisory Committee recommended that you invite DHS here and Yamapai County here, and what we hope will be achieved by their being here tonight. As a reminder to you, uh, the Environmental Advisory Committee has previously proposed to you, and you, the Town Council, have previously approved. A strategy for managing EPA's Superfund project here and that strategy simply stated consists of two things Uh, first encourage EPA to pursue to completion its investigation and cleanup activities as thoroughly and expeditiously as possible and then when they are done to leave as promptly and effectively as possible and second develop and implement property reuses that are compatible with EPA's remedial actions and then adopt and enforce institutional control ordinances that reinforce and protect the integrity of EPA's remedial actions both at the Iron King Mine and Humboldt smelter sites and in residential soils throughout the town. The underlying premise of the entire strategy has been to protect public health in Dewey-Humboldt against potential harm arising from continuing and future exposure to Iron King mine and Humboldt smelter waste. In the environmental context, all public health protection is centered in and focused on controlling human exposure to environmental contaminants that pose potential harm to humans. So. Encouraging EPA to pursue to completion its investigation and cleanup activities as thoroughly and expeditiously as possible is about controlling and minimizing continuing and future exposures and developing and implementing property reuses compatible with EPA's remedial actions and then adopting and enforcing institutional control ordinances that reinforce and protect the integrity of EPA's actions is also all about controlling and minimizing future exposures. It's all about, really, protection of human health. In short, Council, the town's strategy is get EPA with its, into the field, with its vast resources of money, personnel, contractors, expertise, and its laws that favor it, get them into the field, and apply those resources as soon as possible to control the past and currently uncontrolled exposure of town residents to contaminants that pose risk to them. And then put in place property reuses at the Iron King Mine and Humboldt smelter sites and put in place a a local regulatory regime conceived, implemented, and administered by you that allows you to manage or otherwise control exposures to these waste that may be left behind by EPA's work when they're completed. In this way, you, not EPA or anyone else, ultimately manages and controls your environmental future. Now, I want to acknowledge that this strategy does not address past exposures of town residents that have caused or may yet cause harm to their health. A lot has been said and will yet be said about the past 15 years of insufficient action to control the exposure of town residents to these wastes. Indeed, tonight in ADHS's presentation of its prior assessment of health risks here, you may hear about the limitations uh, of the EPA data that were available to ADHS and thus the limitations of ADHS's conclusions. Um, I don't live here, but I'm deeply sympathetic to the continuing concerns I hear about the past 15 years of inaction and delay on EPA's part in getting the town cleaned up. But I and the rest of the Environmental Advisory Committee have not been engaged by you to focus on the past and tell you what you already know about the inadequacy of past actions. We cannot change the past as much as we would like to. It's done, it's behind us, except for the present and future consequences of the past. What we can do is learn from the past, change the present, and thereby make the future different from the past. And that is exactly what the committee is focused on with great intensity. What we begin tonight is, with these presentations of ADHS in Yavapai County, is education on the public health risks in Dewey Humboldt from exposure to Iron King Mine and Humboldt Smelter Waste. As I have noted, and you will no doubt hear, there are limitations to what is known about these health risks uh, because of the limitations of EPA's data. Furthermore, some of ADHS's assessments, as has already been indicated by one resident, are dated. 2009, 2013, 2017. And therefore, they are reliant on the data that was available when those reports were done. Um, But ADHS's work and the work that you will hear about from U of A on March 15th in the next iteration of this campaign of education uh, does provide a picture of the potential harm that has been present and establishes a strong rationale for the town strategy to get moving, to get EPA moving, to implement compatible reuses at the Iron King Mine and Humboldt Smelter sites and to adopt robust institutional control ordinances. And that is ultimately why we're undertaking this effort starting tonight with ADHS to build community support for the town's strategy. Um, I will let ADHS introduce themselves. They will be making two presentations, one, each about 20 minutes in length. One will focus on the health consultations that copies of which I understand were sent to you. The next presentation, also about 20 minutes in length will be on the cancer report that the cancer registry folks at ADHS uh, did in 2023. Um, I think it might be wise, subject to your uh, correction of me, that we then have Yavapai County uh, make its presentation, which I understand will be about 15 minutes, and that questions from you then be reserved for when all three of them have concluded. Otherwise, we might not get to pie County and uh, want to make sure that they have their time. So with that, uh, ADHS, you may come forward and do what you plan to do. Yes, Mr. Brooks.
14: I heard the people outside cannot hear. And I was wondering if the speaker was turned up completely. Unless we could
2: bring him in. It's
19: all the way up now.
2: <laughs> that, one. That, one.
10: that
5: one should be all the way up. Is there anybody outside? Can you hear us? All right,
10: can we
19: out? Test, test, test. All right, we can hear again.
0: Thank you. Come on up.
8: Hello everyone. Um, my name is Dana Doyle. I'm the Arizona Cancer Registry Epidemiologist and I am here to go over the cancer analysis report that was released in uh, March
0: 2023. Could you speak up please? Yes. This, so, here, let's, let's give you this mic. Yeah,
20: it should be the one titled
8: Arizona Cancer Registry. This one? Uh, no, it should be here. another PDF. Yes, that one. And should I just say next to go to yeah. the next slide? All right. I'll repeat okay, myself. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm Dana Doyle. I'm the Arizona Cancer Registry Epidemiologist, and I'm here to go over the cancer analysis report that was released in March 2023 for Dewey Humble. Uh, next. Is it not coming up? Yeah. Oh, if you could just scroll down, maybe that will work. I tried scrolling down. Oh there's nothing there.
10: Oh. Oh, okay. What? You know
8: what? Yeah, I have the flash
10: drive. Yeah. It's
8: um is this it? Um, that's the report itself. I do have the flash drive, if you would like. Well, I
10: saved it over here, so um, it's not that one. Bring it up. No. You see it on there, listed?
8: Um, I can't fully see your screen. Um, No.
2: <coughs> it's the water one. Great. This one? It
8: should be that one. yeah we can just yes there we go okay i promise i prepared <laughs> all right so yes i just want to if we could go back one slide please one and forward one all right great. Right, so i just want to go over the goals of this presentation so i'm going to briefly introduce the arizona cancer registry um then do a little bit of background on cancer in arizona and some concepts i want to go over that are relevant to this report and then do a walkthrough of the cancer analysis report uh, perfect so uh, what is the Arizona Cancer Registry? Uh, we are located within the Arizona Department of Health Services in Phoenix, Arizona. And we are a population-based system that collects information on people diagnosed with cancer in Arizona. And we are responsible for reporting on the cancer burden for the overall state and our counties. And then we do things like this, or we share it back with our communities. And we are also involved in a lot of research for data requests. We share our data um, as much as we can to make sure that we're using it in meaningful ways. Um, We are involved uh, with multiple requests a month to share it with researchers who have gone through appropriate approval processes um, to do evidence-based interventions for cancer treatment and early detection of cancer. Um, And where do we get our cases? We get them from hospitals, uh, freestanding clinics, physicians, pathology laboratories, and from death certificates and data exchanges. All right, next. All right, and just to go over some cancer background information, um, just the purpose of the slide is just really talk about that cancer is unfortunately very common. Um, The image on the left of the slide um, that is taken from one of our annual infographics that you can see on our website, we do try to break them down by most common cancer sites. And we also do have a publicly available data dashboard. Um, But this is just going to go, you'll see the average number of cancer cases that we see per year, around 34,000 cases, and about 382 cases per 100,000 people in Arizona. And then also, just going on to how common cancer is, we do see more than 100 different types of cancer. Um, So there are rare forms of cancer, but cancer itself is not rare. And then the majority of uh, the cancers that we do see, the most common ones for 2016 to 2020, have been female breast, prostate, lung and bronchus, colorectal, and melanoma. And overall for Arizona, they, we do have a lower overall incidence rate for cancer compared to the United States at 377 cases per 100,000 people, um, compared to the national rate at 442 cases per 100,000 people. And just put this out, um, the American Cancer Society estimated that 42 out of every 100 men and 40 out of every 100 women will develop cancer in their lifetime, and one out of five deaths in the United States is due to cancer. But luckily, a majority of cancers are preventable through lifestyle changes and behavior modification, and the leading risk factors for those preventable cancers are tobacco use, high UV radiation exposure through the sun or through tanning beds, um, obesity and high alcohol consumption. All right, next slide, please. And so this is a topic that I wanted to introduce. Um, it's one that definitely takes more time to go into, but I wanted to bring it up because I think it's important to talk about when we talk about the causes of cancer. Um, and this is the subject of latency periods. So, and it kind of points to why it's so difficult to determine a cause of cancer, if not impossible. So latency periods is the time frame from when someone is exposed to a suspected cancer causing agent and the development of cancer symptoms. You know, for things like the flu or a cold, this is days. But for cancer, it can be anywhere from 20 to 40 years. And so this makes studying the causes of cancer very difficult when we have to go back 20 years and then also look at the time in between to see someone's behavior, what they've been exposed to. And all these factors that have been bulleted I'm sorry for the people in the back, it might be hard to see. But these are things that can affect um, measuring a latency period. They can be the dose or intensity of exposure the duration that you're exposed to something, a particular substance, type of cancer, um, your age at exposure, gender, if you have any genetic susceptibility or engage in any additional risk factors, such as tobacco use, or if you have any other medical conditions like um, uh, being immunocompromised. Uh, Next, please. Uh, So now I'm gonna go through and go over the cancer analysis report which it sounds like everyone was able to receive and go over. So there shouldn't be any new information. Uh, next, please. And so this is a very condensed uh, version of our process of how we, oh, is this still going, of uh, how we do these reports. Um, so we first receive and document the concern or request. Then we go to through and conduct a literature review of already published data on that cancer and those environmental exposures and to determine what cancer sites should be in this analysis. And then we look at uh, the most current available data that we have in our database um, at the time that the concern was received. And we select, we pull that data for those cancer sites. And then we determine the geographical area of interest that we want to look at. And next, uh, we calculate age-adjusted cancer rates for each cancer site in the geographic region to see if there are statistically higher rates of cancer. And then finally, we write our report and then we share it with the community. And so what was requested? So the ACR received a request from the Public Health Protection Section Manager at Yavapai County. um, And the request was for a review of cancer incidence rates in Dewey Humboldt because the community has been concerned about contamination of arsenic, lead, and beryllium at the closed Iron King mine site. And so when we go through our literature review that was done, uh, it was determined that the following cancer sites would be included in this analysis. And that is lung and bronchus, bladder cancer, liver and intrahepatic bile duct, kidney, renal, pelvis, and stomach cancers. And then when we looked at what years would be included in this analysis, um, 2010 to 2018 kind of seems like an odd year range. Um, So the reason it begins with 2010, and we'll go over this in the next couple slides, is due to looking at populations based on primary care area, which is a standard practice at ADHS and was within our policy, um, that we only look at cases from 2010 and forward due to those populations. And then it ends with 2018, because at the time that this uh, uh, concern was received, that was the most available data. Um, so the way arizona cancer registries and all cancer registries across the united states work is we work date on data two years behind so right now it's 2024 we're working on 2022 cases and then 2021 is now available so at the time of this report i believe in 2021 2018 was the most available so that's why those diagnosis years are included all right and then we want to look at the geographical area of interest So we do uh, calculate cancer age-adjusted rates on three different levels to compare. We look at the overall Arizona state rate for each cancer. Then we look at the county level, looking at Yavapai County. And then we go down to primary care area, which is that image on the right. And you can go to the next slide. And so I've mentioned this a couple times already, but primary care areas. So this is how we are able to look at communities uh, below the county level. Um, There are geographical regions that represent Arizona communities while maintaining sufficient population numbers for analysis, and that is really important for this work when we're uh, producing rates is that we have consistent and reliable populations, Um, and if we go smaller than that become unreliable, our statistics become unreliable and not generalizable, so that is why we use these primary care areas. And they are supposed to represent community boundaries and populations as they exist in 2010. So hence why uh, this report contains data from 2010 to 2018. And they are grouped by uh, where people go for primary care. And the populations can be anywhere from 10 to 200,000, but they are limited to 7,500 square miles and they do not cross county lines. Um, There are a total of 126 PCAs. And uh, one important fact and one limitation, of our data is that we only have one address for each patient and it is the address that they are diagnosed where they live at the time of their diagnosis so this is something important to remember when we're looking at cases for dewey humble and within these primary care areas is that we have the latitude and longitude for that one address so if someone grew up in dewey humble moved away and moved to phoenix and was diagnosed with cancer it would be a phoenix case so that is important to know Okay, and then going down to more um, relative to this report, the primary care areas. So, Dewey Humble overlaps two primary care areas. So, on the left, I'm sorry, the image is not great right now, but in the green is one primary care area called Prescott Valley PCA. And on the right is Black Canyon City PCA. And Dewey Humble town boundaries are outlined in red. So, because Dewey Humble, the town boundaries overlap, we had to include both of those PCAs in our analysis and combine them. So for this analysis, um, all the information is pertaining to those two combined PCA areas. Is not uh, specific to Dewey Humble. is for that overall general area, because that is the smallest that we can go to produce rates that can compare. And, oh, what, can you go back? And at the, that last point, so Dewey Humble cancer cases, even though we can't produce rates, we wanted to see how many of those cases within those combined PCA areas have, can be plotted within those town boundaries. And so when we did that when we plotted those longitude and latitudes there was only 5.7 percent of the cases in this analysis for those combined pca areas were within the town boundaries so when we look at the results of this analysis we have to remember that only 5.7 percent of these cases were within the town boundaries of dewey humboldt right and before we go into the results i want to talk about the measures that are included so you've heard me talk about age-adjusted incidence rates So this is the number of new cancer cases that are diagnosed per 100,000 people in each geographic area of interest, whether it's the state, county, or primary care area level. And with 95% confidence intervals, this is another one of those topics, kind of like latency period, that deserves more time, but I'm just going to try to hopefully give an example. So it's a statistical measure that tells us how precise our cancer rate is. Um, With the 95% confidence interval, which is the standard Um, we have a 95% chance of being correct that our rate would fall within that range of values um, if we repeated this analysis with the same data multiple times and a 5% chance of being wrong. And so that example down below hopefully helps and kind of put that into a different um, perspective that if we want to figure out the average height of women in the United States, assume someone tells you that a 95% confidence interval is between 5'2 and 5'7 That means if we randomly select one woman from the crowd, there's a 95% chance that she'll be between 5'2 and 5'7. All right, so then for these results, so I'm gonna go through this and if you, if people can read the text on the right of the slide. Um, So how we determine if something is statistically higher is we calculate those 95% confidence intervals for those primary care areas. And this is taken straight from the report so we can see that for the primary care areas there's those bounds and we want to see if the lowest end of the confidence interval is higher than the county or state rate and if so then it'd be statistically higher but inversely if the state or county rate falls within the 95 percent confidence interval uh for the PCA area then it would be not statistically higher so if you want to go to the next slide please so when we do this and we compare them across the board um, we can see that for the Prescott Valley and Black Canyon City PCAs combined it was there were statistically higher rates for lung and bronchus cancer compared to the Arizona and Yavapai County rate and then when looking at the Prescott Valley and Black Canyon City PCA rate there were statistically higher uh rates for bladder cancer compared to the Arizona rate but not the county rate and for kidney cancer, lung and uh bron- oh, sorry, kidney cancer, liver and intrahepatic bile duct and stomach cancers, we did not find that they were statistically higher when compared to the state and county rate. All right, so you've heard of limitations and this slide can be a little repetitive, but there are a lot of limitations with our data when we are looking at these cancer concerns. Um, the first is determining the time period when the unusual pattern started and that kind of goes to latency period of being able to go back that far to determine when did this begin Um, we do have those limitations for producing those rates. And then defining the geographical area focus, um, the fact that we can't look at Dewey Humboldt specifically, but we have to go a step higher into our primary care areas. Um, And there is just a lack of data in general on cancer latency periods because they are so hard to measure and to look at each uh, exposure and each cancer site over that period of time would be extremely difficult. And then um, the ACR, those kind of two points go together at the end. That within our data we do not have um, data on environmental exposures any data on heavy metal exposures as well Um, that is not something that we have in our database or that we collect or that cancer registries in general collect so that's why with our data we are limited in what we can look at we don't have patient address history we don't have information on occupational exposures or environmental exposures or all the lifestyle factors that can contribute to someone's cancer risk such as diet tobacco use exercise and alcohol consumption so in general based on how we do our process the results and what our limitations are um, we did find that there were elevated rates for lung and bronchus and bladder cancer within the Yavapai sorry within Prescott Valley and Black Canyon City PCAs compared to the Yavapai County and state rate But since dewey humble only comprises 5.7 percent of those cases it does make it difficult to contribute those higher rates specifically to dewey humble and so with the arizona department of health services we're not able to reach any conclusions regarding the presence of the heavy metals and an elevated cancer risk because it is not possible to determine a cause with our data and so thank you um thank you for inviting us here and for letting me speak and i hope this was helpful to interpreting the report thank you
1: where we should I get this too. Thank you. Dan can you put that across so it can pick up that or not? Will it reach? So unhook it from the phone because it's kind of pushed back by the phone. Is that gonna yeah, help right. at all? I said a chair.
19: Hey uh, Dan, what if we set a chair right here on the chair? Thank you.
1: Thank you. Then who's up there?
3: better up
16: yeah.
19: That look your left.
3: To your left.
1: To your left.
0: You slow down Slow down
19: Just set it down and and turn it uh, counterclockwise a little bit.
10: there it is, but it's not Yeah. Should have
6: moved
1: that
7: table all the way up. There you go. It's there. I
1: don't know, like, Can you see it, though, in your screen? I think that's the desk. I think that's the desk um, yeah, that the Ashley desk. and Jim are it's sitting at.
19: It's the desk, Jason. It's, it's not that. It's
1: actually
3: the back. We've almost sit up on top of the microphone
1: right oh, there. I don't understand. I don't it yeah. Oh, it doesn't tilt. Damn, right
17: there. We're right there. Right there. Oh, yeah. There you
0: go.
1: <laughs> Well, that's better and now move this podium back a little bit there we go that's perfect thank you no. that's
3: <laughs> okay don't trip over that
10: <laughs>
0: all
21: right It's the um, previous Wonderful. Thank you. Good evening, Mayor Hughes, Vice Mayor Barron, and members of the council. My name is Maya Davis, and I'm the Environmental Toxicology Program Manager at ADHS. And today I will be discussing um, our program and ADHS's history um, in our past activities in the Dewey-Humble area. Next slide, please. So today, I'll be covering an overview of our program and our work here in the area, and then move into a general overview of what a health consultation is, as well as our past three health consultations. Um, And finally, I will end with an overview of some resources available to those here in the community and where we might go from here. Next slide, please. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so a general overview of our environmental toxicology program. We are funded through a cooperative agreement with the United States um, Department of Health and Human Services, their Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, which is a mouthful and here from here on out I will um, refer to as ATSDR. We were originally funded back in the 1990s um, and we're funded through 2017 when we decided to not reapply for funding. Um, However, we did reapply back in 2023 um, when we were refunded and are currently funded to this day. And the purpose of our program is to um, evaluate requests um, and potential environmental impacts to public health. um, And ultimately, we provide technical guidance to other agencies and um, provide recommendations to members of communities um, and agencies themselves. Next slide, please. Um, And so our program has a a history in this area. Um, So between 2009 and 2017, ATSDR and ADHS did investigate three different ways that people in the community may be exposed to harmful chemicals in the area. Um, And so these include breathing in air um, outdoors, drinking water from both private groundwater wells and from the Humboldt water system, and lastly, swallowing soil or indoor dust Um, Accidentally. And we did end up writing three reports along with ATSCR, and these are called health consultations. Next slide, please. So, what is, yep, thank you. What is a health consultation? Um, So, we use available environmental data um, to answer a very specific question that's asked. Um, And so this includes identifying how people living in the area may be exposed to hazardous substances from the environment, assessing those exposures to chemicals and determining if the exposures could be potentially harmful to individuals in the community. And ultimately, our goal is to make recommendations to agencies, stakeholders, and residents to protect the community's health. Next slide, please. So here is an um, overview of the health consultation process itself. And this is a pretty extensive process. It can take anywhere from a few months to over a year, depending on what's going into the particular um, evaluation. So how we begin is we um, work with community members or those that are um, really familiar with the area And we also look to gather available available data um, that may be collected by other agencies, such as ADEQ or the EPA. And once we receive all that information and concerns, the toxicologist um, reviews that data and further analyzes it. And this begins by identifying chemicals of concern. Um, And so this is determining contaminants that might be a concern based on the contamination that's seen in the data, as well as if there are particular contaminants that are of community concern. And from there, we look at those um, chemicals of concern and evaluate potential exposure pathways. And so this is asking questions like, who is exposed and how are they exposed? Are they breathing in air? Are they eating food that might be contaminated? Um, Or are they drinking water that may be contaminated? And from there, the toxicologist evaluates the level of exposure. And so this is looking particularly at what amount of that chemical can actually get into one's body um, if they're eating, drinking, or breathing it. And then they look at how often individuals may be exposed and how long they were exposed for. And this um, is generally um, compared to comparison values, which are values that are set um, for particular chemicals and particular um, exposure pathways. So are they eating it, drinking it, breathing it? Um, And they're very conservative numbers. So they take into account individuals in the community that might be particularly sensitive, like children, um, or those with other health conditions. And so from here, the team, oh, can you go back please, thank you. Um, The team makes a health conclusion, which generally is, is there a potential public health hazard? Is there no apparent public health hazard, or is it unknown because we did not have proper information to make a call? And this all ends up going into a finalized health consultation report, the ones like you have all seen, and we distribute that back to communities and other agencies. Um, And this includes recommendations and public health actions um, to help reduce community exposure. Next slide, please. So now I'm gonna go into a general overview of the three past health consultations. So to begin, the first one was published in March of 2009 and focused on soil and groundwater in the area. Next slide, please. And so there have been resident concerns regarding tailings from the Iron King mine and Humboldt smelter, as well as the ability for the body to absorb arsenic um, from the area and environment. So we evaluated available water and soil sampling results to determine if any of these concentrations could be a public health hazard. Next slide, please. So a little bit about the data that we used. As was previously mentioned, there are limitations based on what data is available to us. So the data we used were from an initial study as well as sampling done by the EPA um, between 2004 and 2006. And you can see there the number of wells that were sampled, both in the vicinity of the ironite facility and general groundwater samples. Next slide, please. And then looking at soil data um, so you can see there were quite a few samples taken throughout different locations ranging from on-site sampling results the school and different private residences both near the mine and the smelter and these data were collected between 2002 and 2005. next slide please and so the conclusions that were made um, from our evaluation of the data Um, were that of the groundwater samples, uh, two of the 32 wells that were sampled, um, there were found to be high arsenic levels. And so the health evaluation made based on this was that residents who were using the affected well water from those two wells for drinking and or cooking over a long period of time may experience negative health effects. And it's important to remember that even if this public health hazard is identified, it doesn't necessarily mean that people will experience negative health effects. As for the soil, um, there was one sample of the 58 samples evaluated that found high lead levels, and this was from a residence nearby the Humboldt smelter. And of all the other samples taken, there were no other soil metal concentrations um, at any of the residents that posed an apparent public health hazard. And so ADHS concluded that they did not expect to see (laughs) acute so one-time or short exposure or chronic adverse effects among those that were exposed in this way. And then there was also determined to be no significant increase in cancer to those that were um, exposed to those particular soil. Next slide, please. So the general recommendations made for this first health consultation um, were for owners of wells that had high arsenic to install a treatment system that effectively removed the arsenic. Um, for all private well owners to test their well water due to the recommended um, testing schedule, for everyone to encourage children to wash their hands after they're playing outdoors, as well as parents who suspect PICA behavior, which is children eating anything other than food, um, such as dirt or grass more than a usual child you'd expect to do, um, to contact (coughs) ADHS or their physician to discuss if their child needs a blood lead test. Next slide, please. So now moving into the second consultation, which was published in 2013 and focused on outdoor air or ambient air. Next slide. So there were also resident concerns about heavy metals in outdoor air, particularly during high wind events. So we used EPA air sampling results to see if the airborne contaminants were at a level that was harmful to human health. So the data here um, were set up, EPA set up three different areas for sampling stations. Can you go three ahead, please? The Iron King Mine, the town of Dewey-Humboldt, and the Humboldt Smelter. And so this is how the data was um, categorized. And each of these samples were analyzed for the total amount of dust collected, um, particular matter of 10 micrometers or less in diameters, um, which is referred to as PM10, which is generally the Um, the diameter in which we're able to inhale um, particles, as well as 13 different metals that were um, analyzed in the dust. Next slide, please. So here you can see the three different study areas on the left, the mine, the smelter, and in town. And then going horizontally, you can see short-term exposure. So that's PM10 over anywhere from um, an hour to 24-hour period. Long-term exposure, which because there was no PM 2.5 data at the time, ADHS did use estimation methods to determine the estimated PM 2.5 concentration. And lastly, um, heavy metal exposure. So you can see for the mine and the in-town areas, there were no expected harm to human health. Um, However, for the Humboldt smelter, there was a potential public health risk during high wind events. Next slide, please. So based on this information, um, ADHS did make a variety of recommendations, particularly for ADEQ. Um, So this included continuing or starting to sample for PM 2.5 in future events, um, issuing warnings on days that had hazardous or potentially hazardous air pollution and sharing those with local media, and then residents to therefore take proper precautions based on those warnings. Then they also um, recommended that they develop, implement, or enforce effective air pollution and dust control measures. And lastly, set up fences uh, in the mine or smelter areas to restrict public access. Next slide, please. Okay, going into our last consultation um, published in 2017 on water. Next slide, please. So there were um, concerns about heavy metals, as I previously mentioned, on air, water, and soil. Um, And so for this consultation, we evaluated the risks um, based on groundwater samples collected by EPA and public drinking water samples collected by ADEQ. Next slide, please. Um, So you can see here on the left the different areas and the different types of wells that um, were evaluated. And the ADEQ public public drinking water was collected directly from the water treatment plant after it was processed but before customers received it. Next slide, please. So you can see here, ADHS um, separated the data into before 2015 and after 2015, Um, and this is because the Humboldt Public Water System did install an arsenic treatment system um, with approval by ADEQ in 2015. So at the time, the water was meeting the arsenic standard and was in compliance with ADEQ. However, prior to 2015, you can see that there was a health concern for both adults and children due to high levels of arsenic being found in six of the eight samples. Next slide, please. And here's for the groundwater samples. So you can see there were 53 total wells tested. And along the left-hand side, you can see the different contaminants that were looked at. And on the right-hand side, you can see possible health concerns that go along with those contaminants. So we see that there is a general um, health risk due to arsenic um, for both cancerous effects as well as non-cancerous effects, generally being um, hyperpigmentation of the skin. Then you can see that there were concerns for children um, due to lead, magnesium, manganese, and nitrate as nitrogen. Um, And these were in between one or two wells, depending on um, which contaminant was tested for. Um, And then lastly, sulfate, Um, there were concerns in two of the wells for adults and children um, and this was generally laxative effects or diarrhea. Next slide, please. So the consultation recommendations based on these findings were that um, there be a treatment system that effectively removes arsenic for any groundwater wells that tested high for arsenic, um, that parents of children in the area contact their physician to discuss whether their children needs a blood lead test. And, that all residents in the area continue to attend meetings and public education activities to learn more about how to minimize exposure to these contaminants. Next slide, please. Um, Lastly, a recommendation was made that all well owners in Dewey Humboldt test their well water. And I've included here the recommended testing schedule, which you can also find in our well owner's guide and on our web page. Next slide, please. So now moving forward, what does all this mean and what's available for you? Um, Next slide, please. Um, There are many resources that are available to Arizonans and residents of the Dewey Humboldt community. Um, So, to begin, we have environmental health resources. We have multiple programs that focus on exposure reduction, including our childhood lead poisoning prevention program, our well water water quality program, and general dust exposure reduction. Um, And so, I've actually brought some materials, but you can find some more on our webpage. We also have a variety of environmental health data that's available to the public. So our Environmental Public Health Tracking Program um, publishes maps and data sets that show different environmental health concerns in Arizona, such as asthma. Um, There's also data on lead in school and child care center drinking water. Um, And we also offer a variety of services. So for example, our health consultations. Um, We also have a new program that focuses on child care facilities particularly in making sure that they're located in safe areas. Um, We have limited affordable private well water testing, as well as free lead testing for public schools and childcare facilities, and then a school gardening program. Next slide, please. Next, I wanna go over some of the cancer prevention and screening resources. Um, So there is an Arizona Smokers Helpline um, that assists Arizonans in quitting tobacco use, and that's available to all Arizonans. As for screening, there are um, sliding fee-scale clinic locations, um, and these are um, based on a variety of qualifiers um, for those that do not have health insurance. Um, and then lastly, some state partners that also provide a variety of information about how to detect cancer early, when you should get screened for it, and different risk factors. Next slide, please. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much. Um, and my information's up there if there are questions following today.
0: Thank you. Thank you. you. All right. Come on up. No, no, no. sorry, sir. We're going to have questions at the end for them. We're going to let Yavapai do their presentation now. Oh, okay. Sorry. Good evening. I'm sorry
10: I'm not there in person. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm getting flu symptoms and I didn't want really to take a chance of making me a little less sick. Thank you. So I apologize for not being there in person and if I start talking I'll try to turn off my mic. Um, for a number of years now I've been part of the Community Environmental Health board, uh, which is led by Monica of the U of A and uh, I've been kind of the liaison between ADQ and ADHS When their availability has not been there or they've not had the chance to be part. Um, I do thank DHS for doing their presentation and the Cancer Register. Thank you for all your hard work. And ADEQ is not here tonight, but they've been part of that meeting as well quite a bit. Um, This is out of County health departments out of the room but that doesn't mean that we're not here to assist and be an advocate for the city's them humble community and going to our state partners as well as our federal partners to see what other things that may be available that we can request and maybe push a little bit harder to get some results done. Um I worked with Ashley on a few issues to to the Community Environmental Board. The main thing I'm here to do is I'm just a liaison,
3: so I'm here to help you if you have any questions. But I also have some resources that might be assistance to your community, anything from mental health to uh, medical and dental, we have a free clinic, Community Health Service, Yelkite County, it's a free clinic. that accept, access, Medicare, and it's high peace health. So, and they do med- uh, medical, uh, dental, and we so have some counselors there.
10: And also, we've collaborated with morehelp.org, which has resources for the community anything from temporary housing to food to shelter and so forth and counseling as well um, you can always reach me and i believe somebody on the council there has my number if not my direct line is 442-5492 that's my direct line and again I'm representative in the county, and uh, Leslie is supporting the community and
3: talking with ADHS and ADSQ as needed, and also um,
10: federal agencies as well. And again, thank you, AD, ADHS, for your participation and the uh, hard work that you do throughout the state. And it is uh, very well respected. and you, you all
0: right all right questions all right, questions? All right. Uh, mr. Chisholm and dedicated to which where we're gonna go with the question to which
6: the question is out of the health consultation um, but done published February 7 2013 um the conclusions now i did a lot of research this weekend was able to get this but in the conclusions it says that uh the short-term exposure 24-hour period it was there it was set up there there was a graph up there a table um it said 24-hour exposure there was health risks directly at the smelter site was or at the smelter site was that directly at the smelter site or was that from the smelter site. Yes, Miss
10: Preston.
21: Do you guys, do you want that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I um, do not know off the top of my head which sampling area that came from, but that is for the Humboldt Smelter sampling area. So one of those circles in red, um, and it was during high wind events that that was found um, that there were health concerns there. Thank you.
0: Right. Yes, Ms. Preston. And I'll get to you guys. She's going to answer the question, I think.
20: Sorry, I can't talk from down there. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, so in the air sampling, there were several different monitors set up through town. One at um, the Humboldt area school background was set up. One of the main concerns I have with the sampling on the air one is. Um, they had the wind direction going in the the wrong way most of the time when they were sampling. Um, they only took one sample for PM10. The difference between PM10 and PM2.5 is that PM2.5 is actually the particles that can get into your lungs and cause damage. Um, those were not measured at any time in our town, past or future. So all the results we have for the PM2.5 in the health consultation is um, estimates from that. Um, so I don't know, Jim, if you want if you want me to keep going through my stuff, if you want to give up.
0: Um, it really isn't Go, go ahead. We just, we just got people that want to ask questions, so I just don't know if you're going to hit on those before they ask the questions or if we want to go
20: back. To Probably. Them. So I'm just going to briefly go through here. Jason um, pointed out one of the things. Hey. In, The health consultation we heard a summary from them with the overall results when you dig into you know the 40 pages of each health consultation you'll find interesting stuff in every one of them in the 2009 report um, we know the RI data wasn't available so they were looking she showed you the years that we're looking at the date there There has never been a study on the bioavailability of arsenic and how our bodies process it um, and the damages to it. They state on page nine that if a bioavailability study has ever been done in the area, they will reevaluate and reassess these issues. Um, I would like to see that moving forward. Um, On page 13, And 14 in that, they do tell you which wells um, pose a health hazard in that report. But they don't give us locations in there. Um, On page 15, they mention their soil samples in the area and how part of the soil and EPA's removal actions are not included in their conclusions. So those did pose an issue prior to... Cleanup that's not included in the report. Um, the 2013 air report they laid they laid it out for you. They suggested ADEQ put warning signs up on windy days. Never happened. Um, they suggested minimize dust. That was done in 2011. We know it didn't work. They didn't come back till 2019. They also suggested the EPA to fence the area wasn't done until ADEQ took over and did that in 22, temporary fencing. Um, Page six of the 2013 report mentions RI data. That's interesting because our our RI report was not issued until 2016. So what data are they referring to when they're making this health consultation? That is the EA report that we repeatedly say was rejected by EPA because it was, none of the information was right. So our health consultations and our data now are based off a report that was rejected. Um, The smelter site did exceed uh, dangerous levels three times in their sampling period. The 2017 update, if you look at page three of that report, they list all the contaminants of concern, and they also list how every one of those poses a health effect. Um, the most important thing out of that report that I picked out was on page 23. And can I see your report? Which one? The 2017.
19: The one that says air on the top.
20: No. This is, is yeah. Page 23, sorry, therefore children may experience greater neurological toxicity such as maladaptive classroom behavior, decreased reading and spelling performance than additive due to the joint toxic action of exposure to lead and arsenic in the wells listed above. What you heard tonight was all of these contaminants broken down one at a time. Arsenic, lead, beryllium. What happens when you're exposed to all of these at once? What happens when you're exposed to all of these, not only in water, but in soil and in dust? Um, Several times, ADHS makes a reference in their reports that they have another consultation coming. So they had mentioned that in 2017, We were supposed to have a future one and soil consultation. We were also supposed to have one combining all three consultations. Um, Now that they are fully funded, um, I hope to open the the discussions on looking at the data further, pulling all of these together, and the information we have. So um, that's what I wanted to point out about all of this. Oh, sorry, one more thing. The cancer report, Um, we know their new diagnosis between 2010 and 2018. Um, it's my understanding, if you're diagnosed at the VA, you're not included in, in this report, right? Because that's Prescott, that's outside of the area, or would those still be included?
3: So the
5: VA Prescott is currently not reporting because at the time that I checked with them, they
9: didn't have a person to report the data.
19: Okay. So
10: do
20: the, the from okay. Case okay, but not included in this report that we, we... have now, unless oh, it's the patient sweet.
5: traveled to a reporting facility and was reported through us to another mechanism through another facility that may have reported the case, like okay. for example, Yavapai Hospital.
20: Okay. Um, If someone travels to phoenix and is diagnosed down at a phoenix hospital are they still reported in that are you going off the addresses at that point of residence to include
5: the case would be reported by that phoenix hospital with the residents of if they were dewey humboldt they would be address a diagnosis would be dewey or humboldt
20: okay so it would be reported to here um and In the cancer mapping that I completed, um, I know you guys laid out the the cancers you looked into. We have a a high rate of brain, pancreatic, prostate, skin, Mm -hmm. and colon. Um, Is it a possibility to expand the cancers that we're looking at for the area and add on to the report that we've done, adding additional cancers that we consistently see?
5: Um, I think we would have to have an internal discussion, because once we publish a report, we don't necessarily go back and redo a report. Um, so that would probably be an internal discussion. OK.
20: Yeah, and that that was my question, is it not necessarily redoing it, but trying to expand on it. So OK. Thank you. Thanks, I think there's a couple questions. Oh. Cool.
1: Well, I have a question uh, kind of in regards to that, because I was going to ask about VA. I was going to ask about um, people who are diagnosed in Prescott because they're not in the Prescott Black Canyon section. How are they being reported? Because how many teachers in your um, cancer map have passed away that worked at this little Humboldt Elementary School? I have...
20: I have 12 reported. Uh, just the other day I heard that the maintenance man is out with chemo. Um, I have about 12 to 15 more to add on to that. So again, their, their home addresses probably aren't going to be generally in this area, but
3: yeah.
8: So I can touch on that. So they would be included in the analysis if the address diagnosis fell anywhere within those primary care areas. I don't know about specific towns but if they're in that general area which is pretty large for uh primary care areas they would be included um, but we only have that address that's given at the time of diagnosis to go off of
1: so so say they live in prescott but work in humboldt and they're diagnosed in prescott which is not part of the prescott valley black canyon area
8: so then they would not be included in the analysis Thank you. That's when the issues with we don't have occupational exposure history
0: it can only go off the after that diagnosis. Thank you. And then I just have a question to touch on. In the presentation, that said you don't cross county lines. So if they were diagnosed in Phoenix, and yet their address is here, you're crossing the line from Maricopa mm-hmm. to Yavapai. How does that fall into play? So, oh, sorry, that's my
8: so with that if they're diagnosed outside of dewey humble or outside of those primary care areas but they say at the hospital that they live they have an address in dewey humble or within the primary care areas it gets plotted within the primary care areas of dewey humble okay
0: all right thank you all right um you already spoke once just like everybody else speak come on up sir
22: Hi, my name is Steve Brittle. I'm the president of Don't Waste Arizona. I have the honor of being the one that turned the Superfund site into the EPA in the first place because the DEQ wouldn't do a thing about it. They fortunately came in and did an emergency removal and prevented all the lead and arsenic going into your water supply. Um, and I've been doing this kind of thing for about 30 years. I've on the Motorola Superfund committee uh, been a long time. I will warn you that you're being scammed here. The Department of Health Services, let me give you a couple of examples. I I put together the research where they were sued for fraud after a chemical fire disaster in South Phoenix. They settled out of court for $300,000 because they covered things up and lied. In this case, um, there was also the town of Hayden. When I turned in this one, I turned in Hayden. And in Hayden, the Arizona Department of Health Services came in and said, there, there's no problem here at all. Finally, in the agency that you need to bring in here is ATSDR. They mentioned they get money from them. You need to have them come in and get these people out. Now, there's a, there's a, they always come in and protect the polluter. But ATSDR came in to Hayden and found out not only did they have a problem, the children in Hayden have the highest levels of land of all the children in America. But the ADHS said there is no problem. Are you getting the picture here? All this stuff that they've been doing is a kind of voodoo that's designed to put you in a trance like a snake does to a rabbit. But I'm warning you, you can petition ATSDR directly because it's a Superfund site. The law that created Superfund gives you ATSDR. They come in, they'll do the monitoring, they do tissue samples, they do the types of things that you really need to have a real study. I wouldn't give these people a pitch or a spit for all the things that they put on your plate here today. And I want to warn you that you know you do have a problem here okay I, I i don't have any orphan children anywhere i always watch over my superfund sites i turn in three around the state and every time these agencies are bad actors they come into these towns and say oh you've got not a problem we can't figure it out voodoo 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 the the standard that they set Is something called a technology-based standard. And what they do is they study how many lab rats died at whatever concentrations. The real way to do it is through uh, health-based standards. That's not what they do. But you're going to find, if you do a deep dive, you're going to find out it's a lot worse than it is. Trust me, I'm going to be calling EPA tomorrow and raising holy hell about what's been going on here, OK? And if you need me for anything, I think I've met Mr. Dan here over the phone. I'd be glad to help you, but I am just appalled at what went on, went on here tonight. You are just being bullshitted. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank
16: you. Christy. Christy Bagwell, Dewey Humboldt. I have a concern, and that concern is that everything that we've heard here tonight, is based on the data that was provided by EPA. We have already determined that anything that the EPA came up with is extremely untrustworthy. So all of these reports, they kept saying data, data, data. That data came from EPA, and it cannot be trusted. Thank you.
23: A oh, sorry. Okay. Bruce Woodall, do we humble? So that's true. All your data is from EPA work, right? You don't do any independent work yourselves.
21: So our uh, consultations are based on available data, um, which may be from EPA in some of the cases, also from ADEQ. Um, And so as a health department, we do not have the capacity to collect our own data um, as well as bio-monitoring data.
23: Can we get a breakdown of that, of how much is yours and how much is EPA's?
21: Um, Yeah, so all of the data that I showed you today, none of it was collected by ADHS, but some of it was collected by the Arizona Department of Environmental Quality.
23: Okay, because I wish you did all of it, because I don't trust the EPA at all. Let's get real, 15, 16 year saga going on here. EPA, what's their acronym? Environmental, Environmental Protection agency. agency. Ask anybody in this community, do they feel protected?
3: No. No. no.
23: That's the end of the story right there.
3: Yeah.
23: And what you said, we need a different agency working with you guys. No,
22: you need a different end agency story. To get them out of the picture. They're just gonna explain it all away and do nothing. Okay,
0: okay. okay. All right. Who else has to answer? All right, Miss Miss Ray. I'm just
7: gonna speak. No, you got to come up to
0: the podium. People at home are watching, and we got to do this the right way.
7: There's a whole lot of statistics. There's a whole lot of graphs and charts. I'm a simple woman. I'm not stupid. I don't really want to know all this stuff. I want the bottom line. Just give me a bottom line. How does this stuff affect me and my children? And some of the data, I really want to personalize data for you. Gary Couch, beloved husband, grandfather, brother, father. That's what I want to do is personalize it. Gary Couch, data. Mr. Knox.
12: Robert Nod, Dewey Blue Hills. Uh, Bobby Blue Hills. I got a question during this report. I couldn't see it because I was pinned against the wall. They said they had things to do with testing of the school water. Um, how long has your department known this has been a super fun
11: site? Is what
12: I'm curious. Has it been 10, 15 years?
21: Yeah, since it was listed
12: since it's been listed so can i ask why then since it's been listed that you haven't followed through and checked the school's drinking water they haven't replaced their filters in five years
21: Um, that's not in our direct authority we do have a couple of programs that do um, test lead in schools um, and so that's a free new program
12: it's a new program correct so there's nothing pre-existing from the past per se to where sorry, uh, that the water's been tested at this school because I just recently found out, and I have a five-year-old there, and he's drinking that water. And I'm beyond livid right now, and I need to find out who, what, and why didn't do their job, who's not being accountable, who's not pulling through, and that's what I'm looking for, ladies.
5: Yeah, so ADQ in 2017 did test the water in all the public schools in Arizona, and, and you can actually go to their website. The results are public. You said
12: the EPA again? ADEQ. ADEQ. okay. Yeah,
5: Yeah. so they did test the water, and those results are available publicly. Mm -hmm. We did just receive another grant Mm -hmm. um, from EPA to go ahead and and initiate that testing again. So we can go ahead. If if the school's interested, they can contact us, and we can make sure to test
12: the water. Okay, I understand that, and that's from 2017. These filters haven't been changed in five years. So from 23, you're talking 2018. So that would do absolutely nothing for me. I just want to find out and figure out who dropped the ball because my kid's still drinking this water. Yes, sir. Go to the school district.
4: Yeah. It's, it's their problem. Yeah. It's not the town's. Okay. They, Thank you. I, I'm trying and, to just and, place a head and, on it. And to let everybody know, there's a meeting on February 27th at 530 at the district office off Robert Road. It's not re- It's not a regular meeting. They're trying to do some other crud to the school mm-hmm. and, and change it over um so i would encourage everybody to attend that and voice their concerns and listen to what they're trying to propose mm-hmm. but you could also present that there to them about the water and and the situation here unfortunately i think it might fall into the chain of command aspect of the turnover rate constantly between the district and i understand the school so on so forth It it falls off the plate somewhere, but it's not an excuse. Well, sorry to
12: get it off subject, but uh, thank you, Vice.
5: Annie Drake, Dewey Humble, and um, Steve Brittle, this organization. Who did you say we need to reach out to?
0: i'm sorry okay like hang on you oh, can God, add, who, who, I, i'm who, not trying who, to do this.
5: no but i just want oh, to use the A-T-F-T-R.
0: so you can get with him outside and talk about that and then he's already talked to mr fields so he'll get that to you i'm not trying this is not on the agenda for him to talk okay no i Let's know start. it's
5: not on the agenda for him okay. to talk i asked to get up and talk okay. my son had a seizure at school none of my kids have had seizures until they have gotten to be 23 years of age that is how old people in my family so if this stuff up here is because we're using these people that are and no offense i know everybody needs a job but is this who we've been using the entire time are you guys all standing behind this does nobody want to move forward we're just standing up here again, voicing our, our issues again and again and again. We're afraid of cancer. We're afraid of not being able to breathe. Epilepsy runs in my family. So I just, I want everybody to take it seriously and not just stand up and yes, we can voice our opinions again and again and again, but I wanna see something get done. And if we need to make changes, we have somebody here giving you advice as to what kind of changes can be made. So I want to make sure everybody's actually hearing him. Thank you.
0: All right. Yes. All right.
1: Miss Lance. Um, again, as far as the water at the school, Annie, the school board is who we need to get after because they're the ones not doing their job at this point. I want to thank everybody for coming and giving these reports. I, I realized that we're all very sensitive right now. So I apologize for our shortness. Um, I do have a question because um, I think the other one was answered by uh, Miss Doyle and Miss Preston. I have a, a question for Maya Davis. Um, let me see if I can read my chicken scratch. Um, you mentioned that the water was tested between, um, the treatment site and before it reaches the community. Where was it tested? Was it tested at the water site or before it got into houses after it's been through these, um, pipes?
21: Um, if I recall correctly, and I'm happy to look into it and give you the exact answer from the report, but it's um, after it leaves the um, treatment and processing before it goes to any sort of consumer. So it's before it
1: goes into the pipes Mm -hmm. to travel through town. Okay. Thank you. All
21: right.
0: Any other questions? Yes. Mr. Finn. All
1: right. Yeah, I, um,
19: I guess I see a major problem with groundwater and we need more testing on on private wells. We need more education on that. I know the town is coming out with 80 tests soon, but that's not enough. Is there something that we can do about that?
1: Ms. Lance. We used to do a lot more. I can't remember how many they used to do, but there was quite a few.
19: I know. Um, I don't know,
1: how did we decide on 80 tests? Does anybody? Can anybody answer that?
17: Mr. Phil, we looked at what was budgeted, which was $10,000. And um, I guess that's the amount of tests that we get for that amount of money.
24: And
19: can we get a ballpark of what it is per test? Well, yes. I mean, I that know, seems awfully know, high, but yeah. yeah.
17: If you want to know exactly, we can, we can yeah, find wait. that out. I'll have to ask finance. It really was 10000
19: divided by $80. we are talking $125 a test. yeah. 125 Yep. $125. I think we could get a, a lot more than that. And I think that uh, even on, on a private level, if you can afford to test your well, test it.
1: I also, um, when I had my well tested, it tested very high for arsenic. And until we could afford a water system, um, we went out and bought a distilling system. Um, It was like $99, so you could distill your own water. I highly recommend people do that because even if it's not associated with any of this, a lot of the wells are contaminated with arsenic and lead. Um, So, again, online distillers, look it up and see. Mr. Barrett. So uh,
4: how many tests have we given out already, Dan?
17: You know, um, roughly. It's I don't think it started. None. Uh, yeah, we have it's given 19. them out. We we are make, taking a list, based upon first- taking numbers. a list. Okay.
0: In in the past, I want to say it's been done two times. Yeah, it's two times oh. in the past. Here. Yes. So this will be the third
1: time since I've been here. Since yeah. how long have you been here? Eight
0: years. Okay. Since since
1: 2009, I think there was they were they were doing it every year. It seemed like when I first. Uh, looked into it back in 2009, 2010, somewhere in there.
19: And it's advised to test every five years, so people should be doing that. Do all 80 tests go out, Beth? Oh, yeah.
4: They're, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. How many do you think would, in the past, we would need from the amount of people coming in asking for them after
3: well, the... Well, now with the issues that we have going on, and, you know, you probably need quite
2: a bit more. Um, yeah. I
3: don't know.
0: I don't think
4: enough. so can think you know can, can you put that on the next agenda item to discuss mm-hmm. and uh, possibly increase the number of water testing
0: yes all okay. 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 all right yes.
25: Uh, Mike Donovan, Dewey Humboldt, Um, arsenic. There's arsenic three, there's arsenic five. You have to find out which one you have before you filter it because it's a different filtration. But beyond that, testing is great. But how many wells are in Dewey Humboldt that people are drinking water from? And you're forcing each and every one of them to have a water purification system on their water system if they want to be healthy. You look at the 91 cities and towns up there and count how many of them do not have a water district. One. This town should, should have 15 years ago created a water district because the water from the ground is always going to have contaminants and you put one filtration system on one water system and give that to the people, and all of a sudden you have helped everyone in the town. Trying to make a thousand water distillation systems coming out of wells is an impossible task. Having one single water district is doable. Thank you.
2: Superant humble, you know me. Hell no. No water district where I come from my water bill was $600. I'd rather take my chances with my well. Thank you.
16: Christy Bagwell Humboldt. Um, I have my well tested annually. I do it through Bradshaw up here. You go get the little kit from them. It costs me like eighty bucks. They check for arsenic. They check for lead, and it's nitrates or nitrites, whichever one's the worst one. It includes that. The other one, I guess, there's no big deal about. But it's like eighty bucks, and I do it annually for my own peace of mind. Just Because it makes me feel better. It's not that expensive. I can still afford it, and I will continue to do it annually. Thank you.
21: Um, and in response to well water testing, I do want to promote our um, ADHS water or well water quality program. Um, and they did just reopen up their um, well water testing program. So you can um, apply and register for that on our webpage. Um, and they do, we pay to send you the kit and for the testing. The only thing that the individual is responsible for is return postage. Question for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, the citizens, the, the yes, residents get the uh, data from that too. You share the yes. data back yeah. with them so they
19: will get it. They'll get they the report made. correct. Okay. So yeah. Can we get that information now? Yeah, I have
1: some flyers in my bag. Uh, that that would be great. And yeah. is it individual or town related where the town could request so many as uh, well?
21: I do not know the answer for t- to that, but I will um, get with the program manager for that program and um, get back up. Right. Thank to feel, you're you. You're all over that.
19: We need that it's here. Easy.
0: All
15: right. Okay. yes, come on up, sir. I'm Mark Courtney from uh, Meadow Drive. Um, I'm the former lab manager of Bradshaw Mountain Environmental, so I did a lot of the water testing here in town. Um, Arsenic is naturally occurring, um, and I applaud ADHS. I know you guys just manipulate the data. You gather it, whatever data is available. So I know you've got a hard job. so there is a lot of data that we have in this area now. It is not public knowledge because it's private data. Private wells are not regulated by the, regulated by the EPA, town, ADH, ADEQ, anybody. There's, um, because of the arsenic, in the area, there are a number of options besides distillation, the reverse osmosis. Um, if you're curious at all, is zero water pitcher filter, about $30 locally, that will remove arsenic. I have high arsenic. Um, when we bought our place, we didn't know. 15 years ago, the regulation for our was different. It was 50 parts per billion. Now it's 10. So times change. The more that we know, the more we have to adjust. That's where we're at now. We're in that kind of phase. So I'd ask people to just kind of you know, let things settle, ask questions, don't get too emotional about it, and get the correct answers, because there's a lot of misinformation flying around tonight that nobody needs. It just It pulls us in the wrong direction. We don't need that. So, um, if there are any questions, I'd be happy to answer them regarding anything water-related.
19: That's what I do. So, thank I you. Have a question? For okay, me, if I can, Mr. Fett. Um Ashley had brought up a really good point. If you have a contaminant of this type and a contaminant of this type, and they're both below the threshold, but you have both of them at the same time, where can we come up with with a threshold for having?
15: They're th- not cumulative. So they don't add to one another. As long as they're not over that threshold, they together they don't add up to make something else. If they're over the threshold, absolutely, they can affect you in multiple ways. But you could have
19: uh, half the threshold of arsenic and half the threshold of lead and have no problem. Yes, correct.
15: Yes, that's been determined by the EPA. Yep, through that through that's, time. That's <laughs> hard to swallow. <laughs> to to, to animals, and, no, and they set those here. limits. Now, those limits are are also based on regulation. So the EPA wanted to set a limit of three parts per billion, but it wasn't financially feasible for water systems to achieve that. So that's not to say that 10 is a healthy limit. That's what the EPA set. So that's the limit at which it's expected that you will probably not get cancer because we're talking about one or two instances per 100,000 people. So these are very small numbers that we're dealing with. It's impossible to quantify that because everybody in the room is different. Everybody metabolizes something different. So some people in the, in the room can drink milk, other people can't. So it, it's, it's not possible to say, yes, you're going to get cancer if you drink arsenic at 15 parts per billion, So and, and, and I won't, that type of thing. It's, it's the best practical numbers that we have. And most of the, to answer another question, most of the arsenic we have in the area is arsenic 5. It is not arsenic 3 that has to be converted to 5. 5 can be filtered out easily. That's what we found running through the lab so um there are a number like i say there's a number of different avenues you can go if you want to put that on your own your own house but that's up to you because according to the epa you can drink raw sewage straight out of your septic tank if you want they do not care and that's not their job to care this is a private you know we're in the us it's it's private they they mean that public water systems are different schools are different that's actually a public water system it's a different different area thank you
0: thank you Yes, Mr.
20: President. I just have one final question for ADHS. Um, do you plan, or is there a way for us to initiate the other health consultations—the one that's mentioned on soil, and then the one combining?
21: um yes and i heard you refer to earlier that it is referred to in those past consultations that there would be another consultation um and unfortunately we did not have funding until this past year um so that's why that was not completed um however if you're interested in um, furthering that process we're happy to meet and hear concerns and identify how to move that forward
20: i would like to see that i don't know how council feels but that's something i would personally
0: Got it. You're on that? Okay. Alright. Seeing no other hands, we're gonna move on. Thank you so much for your presentations. We appreciate your input and thank you for hanging with us tonight.
1: All right. Safe trip home everybody.
0: Jim, is there Jim, is there anything yeah. else? We get on that?
16: Okay, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank
10: you. Oh, yeah, the fire. Yes, yeah. you got him. Okay.
0: 9B, <clears throat> okay. I mean, yeah. right. nine, nine possible vote to recess yes. and executive session for the following. Um, Mr. Mayor, the council, uh, you as the council have the right to go into each session if you wish. Uh, this has been an informative <laughs> evening. We have a large number of of your public
26: here. I check with Mr. Hamilton. He's able to brief you in the open session to the extent you ask questions. They require information to be given you privately. We
0: can then re- resort to an okay. e-session if that's okay with you. Okay. Council, good with that? Yeah. Okay. So we're not going into e-session. We are going to carry on yes we
18: have to. All right. So, um, Mayor and, and Council, as you know, on the twenty-seventh of January. Uh, you issued a public statement um, that, among other things, expressed opposition to EPA's planned soil residential soil investigation and cleanup project. Um, until such time as you could obtain further clarification regarding uh, their objectives for that work, and until such time as you could... Satisfy yourselves that the access agreement uh, proposed by EPA um, would be acceptable to to you on behalf of town residents. Since that time, um, there have been there have been two letters that have come back uh, from EPA. Um, in other words, you got you got EPA's attention. And uh, EPA's Mike Montgomery, who heads up the the Superfund program in San Francisco, has has sent uh, two letters, one on the 5th of of, uh, February and then another uh, on Friday this last week. The letter on the 5th of February said, in effect, there's more to it than this, EPA will not take anyone's property. They're not interested in taking property. They will not take property um, for any remedial purpose. Okay. Uh, That addresses in part a concern that has been raised here this evening. Um, Subsequent to that, there was a meeting held in Phoenix with EPA and DEQ representatives and town representatives. The town representatives were the mayor, the -hmm. vice mayor, um, the town manager, uh, myself, uh, the town attorney, remotely um, not in person. And in that meeting, um, the town expressed most uh, clearly its dissatisfaction with the level of or lack of communication uh, that EPA has extended to the town, creating a lot of the misunderstanding that's occurred over the last, particularly, I want to say particularly over the last several weeks. From that meeting on the uh, 13th, a week ago today, Mike Montgomery, head of the San Francisco office of for uh, the Superfund program, EPA Superfund program, sent a letter saying, "Here are what here's what EPA is prepared to do to improve communication, and uh, among those things that were identified is to hold regular meetings, um, to put together a." a platform that would share data uh, identify where they plan to go what they plan to do uh, put together an faq document with questions posed by the the town residents that they would answer and that that faq document would then be put up on a a website that they would put together a hotline uh, and a number of other another number of other things Um, we are now at a point having received that letter that EPA is looking to you to decide um, whether you will continue with your opposition to their soil cleanup program or whether you will uh, reverse ground. Uh, With respect to the access agreement, they have made it clear in the meeting that they will not cannot change their access agreement and um, and so that's where we are on, on that on that point. So I think the issue before you uh, is the issue of whether you will continue or withdraw your opposition to the the stated opposition to the uh, EPA cleanup program. Uh, having said that, let me remind you that, that EPA has mailed uh, late last week. It's a, fa- a fact sheet for this program. I don't know if anyone has received them. In that fact sheet in your mailbox. Uh, it should be hitting everyone's mailbox now or very soon. Um, EPA intends to come into town and to... Uh, pursue an outreach program that will entail open houses um, making themselves available to you in a variety of ways and and seeking to uh, build support for their residential soil cleanup program so that's the issue before you and and um, I'm happy to take any questions you may have on this issue and um, but the but the decision is now yours have i bill have i
26: you left out that they also they confirmed they did not have the power to rezone
18: oh yes i'm sorry Uh, they've also confirmed that they cannot will not rezone uh that that rezoning that that land use authority is exclusive to the town and therefore will not undertake any effort to rezone
19: Uh, yes, I'd like to reiterate that we as a whole don't like this access agreement. How are we supposed to work collectively with these people if they don't budge on
18: that? You asking me? <laughs> yes, I am. I know that's a tough um, question, but it, it, it is a tough question. We have, we have clearly put it to them that the access agreement that they intend to use is not acceptable to us. They have said to us uh, that they have that this access agreement is what they use nationally, that they do not want to adjust it in any manner because that creates then precedent for them uh, to have to deal with at other sites, and so they're not prepared to uh, to make any changes. We have identified for them the fact that there are differences in the access agreements that have been used on their behalf by that, ADEQ, is, yes, by, yeah. that is by ADEQ, whose access agreements um, are much more palatable or acceptable and frankly are similar to the access agreement that the town uses and is now using. Um, the, the EPA also underscores that, <clears throat> has underscored with me that their power and authority is broad and robust and therefore they don't need to change their access agreement. It
19: sounds like they don't want cooperation.
18: Not on the access agreement.
0: All right, Ms. Lance. Um,
1: So on these access agreements, on these access agreements, um, will they be informing the owners of the property?
18: Um, supposedly yes. Now, if I, oh, go ahead.
1: From my understanding, they were not going to be informing the residents of these properties or the owners of these properties about results.
18: Okay. Um, their access agreement says that they will make the results available to property owners. That That is what it currently says. Now, the issue for us was when? Promptly or not? And, you know, how how do you define that? Uh, So, I I will say this, that one way forward, perhaps, is to put forward um, questions in the form of, for FAQ document, that would ask very specific questions and have them respond and put that up on their website on our website in other words they want they want the uh, an faq document what we could do is put forward the questions that we would want to see answered in access agreements have them answer now i will i will hasten to say that their answers uh, in an faq document are not legally enforceable Um, because it's not an access agreement but but what it is 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 a commitment publicly to the entire town and you'd have to weigh whether that is worth it to you or not the other thing I think uh, what needs to be weighed in the balance here is the fact that EPA is going to come they are going to come it, 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 I think you should look at this as a this may be harsh and i know i'm being overheard here not not by here but uh it's akin to um, an invasionary force they're coming with their money they're coming with their personnel they're coming with their contractors they're coming with their their authority and they want to clean up so they say okay so uh if you if you do oppose continue to oppose, then what's the consequence? And the consequence is is that they can go to court and they can compel access um, and have indicated that they will.
3: So
1: nothing's really going to change because they've been promising all of this all, all along and it hasn't happened. So Bill, I have a question, so get ready to jump on me. Because it may be inappropriate, if you will, but I'm going to ask it. Um, what was said and what was the um, the result of the misinformation being spread by a certain EPA employee? Is he getting a raise? Is he getting demoted? Is he getting promoted? Because that's a huge issue for me. Before you answer this, let's point out, tonight was implemented one of the four objectives that you put
26: in your statement. This statement was written after you became aware that a property owner in your town was told some information about an EPA representative, told that her property was unsafe, told that they they could be rezoned. You reacted strongly on January 27th, and you had four factors. One of which was to to commence the outreach, which we've done tonight. One of which was is to work with ADEQ. They have been very accommodating their access agreement is excellent. Regrettably, when your attorney pointed those out to the EPA, pointed out that ADEQ complies with law, complies with duty to care, insures, indemnifies, promptly reports, asked if the EPA could do it, he simply said no. So you have a decision tonight. Do you wish to work with the EPA or not? They are bringing funds, They they have agreed They've undone the implication they could rezone. And so the question for you tonight is, of the four things that were in your letter, four things, ADEQ is working with you. You've started the the education program. You've suspended the general plan because you were concerned about the implication that they could rezone. So even though your general plan steering committee has produced a very good result, even though they were prepared to recommend to you to cooperate with EPA, they we, you've suspended that because you want to get certainty about the zoning issue The remaining issue is the access agreement they have according to Jim does this for I'm a transaction attorney I don't often have the other side just say no and walk
1: out of the room and in fact they've said no so you've got to decide are you willing to work with them so going forward if we go with it we still have the same person who is not being a hundred percent truthful honest, and up front. How are we supposed to trust at this point?
18: If, if I may, if I may, um, it, on the 13th of February, last Tuesday, uh, it was made known to, uh, it was disclosed to us in that meeting that uh, there is going to be another remedial project manager assigned to the residential cleanup. And yeah, actually there are multiple there are multiple uh, remedial project managers that are being assigned one to just the soil residential <coughs> soil project another to the consolidation and cap remedy uh another i think if correct me if i'm wrong uh mayor and, and vice mayor but another for the community outreach effort and that the current remedial project manager uh, will remain in place, but will be over overseeing this. Not a promotion, nice.
1: Okay. okay, that's all the questions I got.
11: Mm-hmm. I, I think pretty much answered the question. I was going to say, if we stick to our guns, you said you, you said they're coming. They're, they're they will come cooperation with them is going to get us a little bit more on the plate. And if we hold steadfast and fight them all the way, the, can't
18: back
14: there.
18: the outstanding, the outstanding issue is the access agreement and there will not be any movement from them on that issue. And so the question is whether how, how important is that um to you as as a council
4: so i i kind of take this as like a double-edged sword I, i'm not favorable one bit what they did before and therefore i would expect everybody to see a anytime you talk to Anybody from that department or the state or anybody, make sure you're covered. Um, but they responded very quickly in the fact of, whoa, 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 what's going on here? In, in fact, the guy jumped on a plane within a few days and flew out here. So to me, that shows that they're serious. And they wanted to make sure that whatever the problem was got rectified and fixed Granted, I don't believe it until I see it. Um, So I hope, fingers crossed, hope that they do. But in in the sense that we take the stance that we're still taking, what are we doing to the rest of the residents? We're not fixing the problem here. We're not allowing for them to come in and pray that they do their job the best. And trust me, it was made very clear to them that we are a unique community, and they half asked it before, and there's a fear that it's going to be done like that again, and they're not going to put the best effort in that they should to take care of our community and fix the problem right. Will they? Time will tell. But for us to sit there and, and, and say no, Jim's right. It's only going to cause a bigger problem for us. It's only going to not get the residents that already are refusing to want to work with them even more reason to sit there and say, hell no, don't come on my property. I, you know, not knowing if it's hazardous or not, where if it is hazardous, they got to come on, they got to find out what it is to fix it so that it's no longer a problem for those people. So, I mean, I, as as reluctant as I want to and I want to throw up right now, You know, because I hope that they will come in and do what they say they're going to do this time. You know, I don't want to eat my own words, but I I think we're forced to to sit there and deal with them. But that's why in the same sense, say, cover your ass, record whatever, you know, document it, whatever you got to do when you're talking to them. And that way it's not hearsay. You know, it's 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 covered in that aspect. So that I think that's our best bet right now. Uh, unfortunately we have to we have to do what's best for the citizens in the community and get this behind us so that we can get these other two bigger pictures taken care of and and get these small ones done because they want to move on this before September Jim is that right they want to start we got a small window and we need we need we need to react quickly to it so all right Uh, uh,
0: the same take but a little different scenario Within two weeks, they jumped through our hoops and came up with three out of the four and did everything that we asked them to do. And, and the reason the access agreement is the, is the one that they don't want to balk on is because it affects them as a business or an entity
16: throughout the United
0: States. Okay, They're not going to change it for Dewey Humboldt for just us because then it would be all over the country. Um, kind of like laws do, and judges rule. So in the meeting, um, I thought it was very informative, and there was enough people there that what they said, they have to be accountable for themselves for everything that they said, and even in the letter. We have it in writing. And the Region Line Director is doing everything in his power to try to make us happy. Um, He has to attend with his own attorneys for the government, and that's where that the line was drawn, but to hinder our citizens by arguing the fact of what's happened in the past is speculating that it's going to do it again. Um, None of us would do things that we finally did because of what happened in the past, but with the attention that we gave EPA and their responses, I think we did a great job of Letting them know where we we're at, let them know how we feel, and they responded and respected us for that. Um, to the point of, you know, yes, it's not all kumbaya, but we accomplished three out of the four things that we asked for. And I actually think that uh, with the people that they put in 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 the line of work, that they're going to be more accountable um, to to everybody because there's more of them now. So. Um, just from the meetings and from our conversations, I think that it's wise to move forward, uh, in my opinion, and lift our um, um, news report and go from there. Mr. Finn.
19: Uh, Yeah, I'd like to share my perspective on it. Maybe it's shared, but it's the same as going to this room full of people and saying, we're giving you a free cancer screening, but we don't know when we're going to give you the results. Um, I keep hearing no, they're not going to change anything. But is there anything that we can bring to the table to at least encourage them that they do share these results in a timely manner? Yeah. Sorry, was that? Yeah. It was said. They, they they promptly.
0: Have, is
18: promptly. They, and do they, they define they, promptly? They, well, I mean, they, no. you're, just, no, no. you're not going to have
0: anybody <laughs> define promptly because everyone of us have ten different opinions. They'll, they'll share but, it when they want. And and not. <laughs> just to defend our town, okay? I'm defending our town and our citizens. They said that they will get those results to us in a timely manner, okay? And I don't think they're just saying that to say it to us because they really know how we all feel, okay? Um, It's not every day that you can get a region nine director that takes care of six states to get on a plane within two days and come and meet with people to, to try to resolve some issues
18: if i may underscore that having done this now for
0: 30 years i
18: i can't recall a time when that happened you got there i said earlier you got their attention and they were here promptly and they have done as you've said mayor is um more than frankly i expected that they that they would
19: so what is normal on their time frame that we've seen
18: well Every, every site is different, and, and the issues that they identify are these. That the data that they, uh, they, they don't want to share data that has, is draft. It has to go through what is known as a QA, QC process. That's issue number one. And issue number two, they don't want to share data that might uh, disclose private information about the person. Whose property is being that I can understand. Okay, yeah. but they will share the area. But, yes, yes, yes. 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 Okay. So but, an area. Okay. So they will share that. But but what I meant what I mean to say, Vice Mayor, is that that PII issue, that private information issue, is something that causes some delay in getting it to us. They have, they want to be quite careful about. ...to the person individually, though. Yeah, and the only other thing that I can say to that is that I think that's an issue that we we also press in the FAQ document that uh, we've been asked to help put together. When and how quick and those kinds of things.
3: Thank you. All right, Mr. Yeah,
4: so, they, yeah, they're setting up a hotline. They are remaining communication open for them. If if the uh, the homeowner, property owner, whoever wants that information, they just need to get on the phone and keep hounding them until they eventually get the information. And, and hopefully, insurance. that that will come to be. You know, squeaky wheel always gets the grease. You know, so um, hopefully that'll happen. But so do we need a motion or anything like that to lift that, or do you just need a, a direction That's of, the of agreement a agreement,
26: agreement Mr. amongst? Mayor, Vice Mayor, as I listen to you and as I read your twenty. 20- January 27th statement. You've accomplished most of your objectives. It's regrettable you couldn't get the access agreement like DEP would provide. We know that EPA watches these meetings. I suspect the comments that they've heard from their constituents will will confirm in their minds why they do need to respond to you as quickly as possible. But as the vice mayor pointed out, they do have some institutional issues to try to overcome. My belief is you have satisfied three and a half of the objectives. My belief is if we encourage the dialogue and they continue to understand the emotions you have in your community about protecting your health and as you protect their health, they will respond. Tonight, we do not have authority for you to direct us to send the letter. We were here to get information from you, to hear from your public, and what we're hearing is that I think you want to be cooperative but firm. You want to make sure you protect your constituents, you are going to
3: direct us to come back to you with a formal letter at your next meeting that will acknowledge your,
26: the decision of your opposition to the solar remediation program and implement the, the, the better communications that Mr. Hambula talked about. Uh, that letter will be ready for you to approve at the next meeting and if the EPA is watching it is that your attempt to cooperate with them and asking them to cooperate with you. All we need tonight is a direction to come back
11: with that letter.
0: right, we
11: got a couple more hands up. And then Mr. Thomas. So I just want to bring it to everyone's attention. We've come farther this time than any time in the past. Everybody's complaining and, and stuff about the EPA, which they've got good reason to do so. But never have we gotten as far as we have right now by getting something accomplished with them and getting something done in this town as far as getting it cleaned up. These gentlemen up here are a big part of that because they helped guide us to do that. So just keep that in mind. We actually are getting somewhere. Finally,
15: and that's all. Ashley, can I take? A well, first?
0: Mr. Collins, come on up. Lynn Collins, Dewey Humboldt.
13: Has anybody informed our two U.S. senators and our congressmen that we are going to be stuck with an abusive liar managing this project? Because I am not at all happy with that. I mean, once an abuser, it's it's a very high risk that you've got somebody that intimidates residents. It's not acceptable. I don't know what the answer is, but this is not about what happened in the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I don't care about that. This is about a guy that... Damaged, put a woman through hell, okay? That's all I gotta say.
0: All
25: right, third for bad behavior. There's two more out there. I think I, Osdell, Dewey, I just wanna say, just remember, guys, election year. They wanna do it before September. What do we got coming down in the fall? That's all I gotta say. <coughs>
23: Bruce Woodhall, Dewey Humboldt. So you said the EPA is not interested or will not take land for remedial purposes, correct?
3: That's correct.
23: What about land, let's say 30 additional acres that they've already tested, and those test results show it's not good for human habitation? Will they then ask that person or those people to leave?
18: The answer is no. Okay. They will not ask those people to leave.
23: Now, let me go outside that box. Is there a chance, if they found that condition, and those results look that it was unfit for human habitation, that they could do a remediation there, just at that localized site, at a lower cost of money, with these other big projects that are coming? Would they speed that up?
18: I can't tell you what, I can't tell you what they're going to do in any given circumstance. I can tell you that if they find that there are soils on a residential property that are contaminated and unsafe, okay? I'm sorry. If, if, the, if they find contamination on a residential property, that is, uh, renders that property unsafe.
3: Mm-hmm. It has to be for, high levels, uh, I understand. Right, according yeah.
18: to their standards. Then they will take the action that some action, I can't tell you what that action is going to be, but they will take action to address that contamination and reduce the risk. What, what might that be? Any number of things but they have said that they will not move. They will not compel or force residents from their home. Okay. So what are the options? It'll depend on the circumstances. Um, m- might it might it be temporary uh, relocation? Could be until they can clean off that property where someone lives. Um, but they will not permanently relocate. They will not permanently take someone's property. That's what they've said in writing now. At least twice, and they have also underscored that by phone with me.
23: Okay.
18: Does that answer your question? Yes,
23: it does, because some people know the backstory. This is kind of where this whole thing blew up.
18: I know the backstory, too.
23: Yeah, (laughs) it it whole blew up, and it has to do with levels of testing, contamination, unfit, human occupancy, and that might be the reason to... Take somebody off of their land,
18: and, and if I may add, that the town has council has directed that we also do some sampling on that property to confirm what was told orally or verbally to that property owner. Thank you, yeah. Mr. Thomas.
11: You keep saying their home. Now, this also pertains to raw land.
0: Any residential piece.
18: Any residential property. <clears throat> All
3: right.
9: And then Ms. Clough. Then What's your name? Lee do Humboldt. So I understood you to say they underscored. Do you have it in writing? Uh, writing's always better. What,
18: <laughs> what, what, what underscoring am I?
9: That they will not take property. Yes, they have it in
18: writing. Perfect. We have it in writing.
9: Perfect. Second of all, they did do something. They sent the EPA thing out like they said they would. I got it today. Except there's no date on when they're going to start. But at least I got something. Um, And then I just want to, I know people aren't going to want to hear this, but I'm sorry I'm going to say it. We don't always get what we want. There's always got to be compromise. And it sounds like we're up against a compromise. Either we take the three out of four things, or we get nothing. And I know we've all had a hard time compromising in the past, but we pay two attorneys here quite a bit of money, so we just don't take their advice. I mean, we need to be thinking about that. And then if you don't take their advice, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done with the Superfund site. Let's move this town forward and have some fun and build an activity center and a community center or whatever a town hall. We need to do something, but it's like you got to make one or the other, the choice. We can't just keep sitting on the fence. We need to listen to what was said, and, and you can't force somebody to do something. You can't force them to fire somebody because that's what we want. EPA gets to do run their business the way they want. We can't force them to change their plan when they said no on something. If you can't force it, you can't force it. So I just think we need to Decide which way you want to go, and after 15 years, make a decision and move forward. Thank you.
0: Oh, Ms. Brooks. No, no I'm good.
14: she's waiting. for you to It's Karen Brooks Humboldt. Um, two things. Um, okay, they're going to get access. Uh, do they give the residents notice? Um, I mean, my place is fenced and I've got large dogs. First off, I don't want my dogs turned loose. And secondly, I don't want my dogs to bite somebody. And I don't know how they act if we're not there and we have numerous doctor's appointments and things like that. So I would like to be present when they test. uh, And I'd like to be notified before they do and not get a call. We'll be there in 15 minutes. Um, Secondly, I would like to reiterate that I think it's a total waste of money not to clean up the sites first, even though that's your big dollar items, and continue testing private property. Because if it's gonna take them five to seven years to clean up the sites, the properties are gonna be contaminated or supposedly contaminated again. Or the levels of contamination that's acceptable will change. So I still have those issues. But if they're going to test, they're going to test. And uh, I will deal with it. That I would like notification. And I think that's only proper and and, and uh, polite to do. Thank you. They said they would. OK, thank you. I'm going to hold you to that, John.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Miss Lance. Go ahead, with Ashley first. Okay, Miss Brissett, come on up.
20: Um, about the notification before they access your property, um, Karen, I wouldn't hold your breath because they did not let Brittany know when they were accessing her property twice. They went and took samples when she was not there. Um, I understand that we don't want to get stuck on the past, we want to move forward, but it's ridiculous not to know what um, what's the best predictor of future behavior, but past behavior. What we've always gotten from EPA is still what we're getting just in a different form. Um, I completely understand that we need them to come in and clean up. We, we want to get this done and, and cleaned up, but what they leave this town with to manage um, is based off of the data that they share with us. We're not going to know where these institutional controls need to be placed if we don't get the data and information. EPA knows that we want to compare this information to other stuff. Um, to say they can't change their access agreement It's bull crap. They can. Everyone in this room knows you can change a legal document. What's happening in this room may be setting a precedent for, yes, the whole United States, but where do laws get changed? Where does this stuff start? On what level? Someone has to stand their ground at some point and say, no, we want what we want. A fair access agreement isn't something that's completely absurd. these guys wrote an access agreement to give to the school that we wanted to see similarly like it can happen um it's just whether you want to stand your ground or not and as as for jeff daunt i will say this there is a reason i'm not on the the committee right now it was not a statement of misunderstanding it was a 23 minute recording of a conversation between jeff dehant and Brittany Duncan regarding her property, and it will be broadcast on Channel 3 News. So maybe that might change their opinion a little bit on what they're willing to give us.
1: Um, two questions. Thank you, because uh, you brought up something, one of the questions. I have two questions. So if we give in and we say, yes, we're going to do whatever EPA says, how does that affect our townspeople, whether they do or don't want to give access? Because if I say, yes, give access, that doesn't mean they have to give access, correct? Okay. So how does that make everything magically better? Any answers?
18: Okay. It's- every, if I may, every, every individual property owner will have the, has the right now and will have the right in the future to say yes or no right
1: and if they say no whether we're with them or or not they have the right to make you let them come onto your property correct
18: they have that power yes
1: okay so that was my first question just so everybody is clear on that um the second one is so we go down this road we're all merely happily skipping down the road we get it all done how is this going to affect our institutional controls because we won't have any of that information that we'd like to have i mean because we're going to be putting from what i understand some major controls on people's properties
18: what controls are ultimately put on the proper on properties by the town will be up to the town. It'll be ultimately up to you as to what you want to do.
1: Okay, but as a council, how are we supposed to know what we want to do if we don't have the results of the-
18: Absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct, okay? And we have made it clear that we need the data passed and to be developed for the purpose of doing the very thing that, that you're indicating, Amy. And, um, And so there is a road ahead of us where we're expecting collaboration. They have promised collaboration. And um, I know that the track record for collaboration is not good. I I, I will tell you that uh, quietly they have acknowledged that uh, among themselves. I know that on good authority without disclosing who told me. Um, and they want to do better. Now, I'm not here to, to say that they will. I'm just trying to give you the, the full picture of what I have heard and what I have seen. And it remains to be seen whether they will collaborate in the most important way that I can think of right now, which is the sharing of data that we need for the purpose of ultimately Implementing that second prong of our strategy, which you remember, get in EPA, do your work, and then move on so that we here in this town can put in place the institutional controls that we believe will work and continue to protect town residents. We we, need that data.
1: Do we have a guarantee from EPA that they're going to um, make people let them have access to their property because if we have to blindly decide who has institutional controls and who doesn't we won't know unless I don't know how are we going to know so they're not
4: giving us specific information they're gonna create a mapping diagram of areas that show the problem areas so We'll at least have some sort of an idea of where those problem areas are. So address one two
1: three four five refuses, and they don't take them to court, and and they don't remediate. It will say address one two three four five refused. There will
18: be there will be am sorry you? there there will be a gap in information for the town that will in effect. Have the town's ordinance require certain actions to be taken if you want to excavate, disturb, or move a certain volume of soil on that property? So we
1: will have to require each town's member or property owner to, to divulge that information to us instead of EPA. Because here's my scenario, I'm, and I'm trying to understand this, okay? Um, I refuse... EPA doesn't do anything about it, okay? Then institutional controls come along. And everybody in my little area gets these controls, correct? Or is it ones who have had it remediated, don't have to follow that, or?
18: It's currently contemplated, and this is in draft, okay? Uh, We've not, it's only in draft at the present time. And so in concept- we're looking at a control that will apply to a certain district within humboldt okay and and then you each property owner would need to bring whatever data that they have received from epa deq or their own or we the town would have access to that data and and as a and if a property owner therefore wishes to move forward with a soil disturbance activity of some size that we will have to define okay that data will have to be first given to the town the town then would look at it and decide under what conditions will a permit issue for that disturbance activity if there is no data you and are the one person in your neighborhood decides not going to do it okay then you don't get the permit unless you can uh develop the data.
1: Okay, so then in that situation, I know you've all, none of us do this because I'm sure I'm not talking to anyone in particular, but we have a history of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday work week on some people so that they don't have to go through permits so that when the institutional controls come into play, there's nothing that that's done. If, if I want to dig a pool hole in my ground, and do it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How are we going to stop that?
26: I have a quick question. Are you saying that we don't,
1: you don't enforce your courts, codes on weekends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody here Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. <laughs> <don't see> <laughs> and people come in and do the work on Friday, Saturday, but and the, Sunday.
26: That's a different issue we have to address.
1: Well, uh, but it all—it all—it all involves the not having information.
26: You raise a very good point. I think the vice mayor said it. And the general information that we'll get will be sufficient for me to assist you in doing the institutional controls. What we want, you as the leaders of this community, and what I'm hearing is you're willing to accept three and a half, not four. You're willing to acknowledge that the, the cooperation can result in EPA providing funds. You still are skeptical, and so we we, we asked that very question of them. If they wouldn't give us the data, see, AEDQ would give us the data, and technically the form they've given us doesn't say they're doesn't say they're gonna give give notice or necessarily give you the data. I believe once they see this meeting, once they see that you're willing to rescind the opposition, once they understand the the, the concerns your your constituents have, we will be able to then take the data to help you fashion institutional controls. If one property owner in one neighborhood refuses, as Jim points out, if he or she wants a permit, they're gonna have to get the data. Why not let EPA come on at their expense to do the studies and provide it. But they've told us that, if, if, if unlike the EQ, they won't give you the data. They've told us that the property owners won't have a non-disclosure agreement. So you'll be able to go to the property owners and say, we'd like to work with you. We wanna make sure you can have permits. Could you share with us the data?
1: I hope we don't get there. I hope that the EPA will see this meeting and see you're being cooperative and agree to provide the data, not only to the property owners, but to you. Well, forgive me for not trusting, but rewarding bad behavior um, doesn't give me a lot of confidence in it. Sorry.
4: Well, and ADEQ is gonna be there right along yes. with them. So yes. it's not like EPA's coming in by themselves and ruling the roost. So not saying much, but at least there's somebody to verify and and, and is in the end gonna be, bear that responsibility of whatever EPA work is. So
1: how, how long has ADEQ been um, right alongside EPA? In this whole deal. And right. And all of this has happened. I, I,
19: I said, I'm not saying anything.
1: No, I know. I'm, I'm just lie. saying it, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence.
19: It just uh, doesn't. Mr. Fitz. So did I hear correctly that they're going to give a general area that we could build uh, the IC like district off of? Yeah, like a mapping. Yeah. Where, so where that their data sense. is, they're going to build so like a little GIS type Is B it safe to somehow. expect that the area that they solicit for the access agreements and testing is the area that's going to fall under institutional controls later. We don't, but, we don't, so we don't know, we don't,
18: we don't, we don't know at present what this. So of the supplementary residential soil investigation,
19: we have to wait until the end, until we get that general area that they're right. going to have. but they will give us that. We ha- yes. And we, we can build it an icy district off
18: of that we yes we okay. do understand that there will be a hundred to maybe as many as 200 additional properties that are captured in this next phase because of work, the thresholds because the thresholds have dropped yeah. Yeah. right 100 to 200 properties that will be the subject of additional cleanup
1: so that raises another question I'm sorry the ones who had been remediated before at a higher level. Will they be retested and remediated yes. again? Thank you. Right.
25: Come on up. Um, Mike Donovan, Dewey Humboldt. Um, we did receive the little EPA flyer, and the I don't know if this has been discussed previously or not, but they're going to go out with a trowel and dig four inches into the soil and determine whether or not, from that four inches, that property is has a problem or not. Uh, and this has been going on since the smelter was there and people have turned over their dirt and every has anyone questioned four inches of depth of soil and why is it not a foot or three feet or five feet that they're looking at um, I don't that four inches seems absurd to me and I thought maybe someone might want to ask him about that thank you
6: Jason Chisholm, Todd Dewey, Humboldt. Um, When they presented this initially, they were saying 10 years for this cleanup effort. What's the chance of the levels being lowered after 10 years to a new level again? (laughs) So I'm just (laughs) bringing this up. This is a downward spiral. It's a toilet bowl effect. You know, it's just going to keep going down, down, down. Where are we going to be at 10 years from now? Where are we going to be at 20 years from now? 30 years from now? Where's the line drawn in the sand here? Do we have a a definitive, do we have an idea if there's a line even drawn in the sand? I mean, these are legitimate questions to be answered. So thank you, Amy, for bringing those concerns up. But, you know, I I'm sitting here just scratching my head. I don't know. Thank you.
3: <laughs>
16: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Is a <laughs> Bruce
23: Woodhall, Dewey Humboldt. Has there ever been the ability to have a mandatory access agreement or protocol? Cause I don't believe in this fair access agreement. It's ridiculous to me. Isn't the contamination and pollution and cancer an emergency? Why can't the town have an emergency amendment that they need to fix and help and clean the town? So I, as a resident, can live down the road and I can be on a piece of property that is completely contaminated. And downwind from me are some kids living. And they're getting my pollution. when the EPA comes to me, I say, no, get off my land. I don't agree. So I'm killing them. And I have the right to do that because of a fair access agreement. It's BS. This is an emergency. There should be no ability for fair access. It should be a mandatory access. every It's a town. We're a town, a village of people. We all want this fixed. We all want it done. We have to all cooperate to make that happen. Why would somebody not want to know what's going on with their property? You know, I'm one of the prime candidates. I live on the smelter. They can test my place every day of the week if they need the numbers. That's all i got to say.
20: So I want to... Uh answer Mike Donovan's question about the four inches deep. Um, Ironically, in all of the health consultations, when you look through the results, some of the highest levels that they find are found at the one foot level. I think we see that um, in our own testing at the park, right? Was it surface samples that were really high, or was it down at the one foot level? So if you want to know why they're staying on the surface of the soil, because they don't (laughs) want to see what's underneath and what they would really have to spend to clean up. It's extremely, all of it is extremely frustrating. When we we sit here and argue about this stuff 15 years later, in the 2009 health consultation, they have the arsenic, the background level, set at 30 parts per million they have the lead level level set at 20 parts per million. So in 15 years, EPA raises that level all the way up to 174 parts per million. They come into town, they spend millions of dollars cleaning up residential properties to 174. Now they're gonna come back and go back down to the 30 that we already had in 2009? Like, I I don't see how you guys think that we're gonna move forward from this and you guys aren't just gonna be left in a complete mess. Um, And the residents and the people who are sick are the ones who are going to take the brunt of it because you all don't have enough backbone to stand up and say, we said this is what we want and we're sticking to it. That's my opinion. I know these guys don't agree with me, but that's okay.
19: What are you suggesting before you walk away?
20: Um got to be discussion between you guys obviously like jeremiah said it's a double-edged sword because we want them to come in and reduce the exposure for our residents we absolutely do Um, are, are we just banking on the fact that because we have it over here in a facts and question sheet hidden somewhere on the internet that they're going to provide us with data it's ridiculous so I don't know what to do because we can go ahead and say, yeah, let's sign the access agreements and let everyone come to town. But if they don't provide you with the data, we're no better off than we were 15 years ago. All of this is for nothing.
1: And from what I understand, even if we don't agree to it, they're going to come in and do it anyway. Correct? I'm I'm asking,
19: what are we supposed to do if they're going to do it anyway?
1: I don't know.
20: That's a good question. I will. I will say that when I stepped out, Brittany Duncan was calling me, and she said, "Tell them that they will threaten you with seventy-five thousand dollars a day to get on your property, because that's what they did with Brittany." So, I mean, it's not we, a lack
19: of a backbone. It's I don't know exactly what you're asking because it sounds like we can say we're going to go along with them and they're going to do what they're going to do, or we can say we're against this access agreement and they're going to do what they're going to do. So, what is your suggestion?
20: Well, and. It, And maybe that's something that has to be discussed more with the committee, although I'm not on the committee, so I don't know know how all that goes. But how do we get this access agreement? If this is what's used nationally, we're not the only place that's having this issue with EPA sharing data for us. So do we need to go a different avenue to address that? Um, is, Is that the right thing to do here? I don't know. I just know 100% without a doubt EPA is not going to provide the data. They are not going to say anything that they're doing. They have not in 15 years.
24: Christopher Baker, Dewey humble? So you all are public servants. You all took an oath. I know that because I am one. And despite what you may feel is the correct course of action, you have a duty to uphold the Constitution. Nobody as mentioned, the Fourth Amendment. Now, what you're allowing, if you move forward with this, without opposition, is access for federal agents to private property of your citizens. Okay, That's unlawful, okay, unless they have a warrant. They have no jurisdiction whatever to enter people's properties. So you're worried about what, what should you do, right? Okay. So work with your county sheriff, because if they want to impose their will, and try and gain access, that's unlawful trespass. You guys need to look into this. This is simple. Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. Okay, You guys are making it way more difficult than it needs to be. And what you're doing now is playing with people's private property rights. Okay, I've been quiet in all this up until now, but the level of ineptitude when it comes to your obligations to protect your citizens' civil liberties is embarrassing. So you need to do what you're supposed to be doing which you have sworn an oath to uphold, and it's just that simple. I, don't oh, I was going to say, I agree
19: with you completely, but we have another community member that's saying maybe we should mandate that we force everybody. Well, then you because sir would a, be a
24: tyrant, wouldn't you? That
19: would be horrible. I do not believe in that. Okay. That, I mean, that's me. That's not the rest well, of the what it sounds council, like, you I guys mean, are moving
24: forward with, okay, well, you know what, we tried, but we failed, so we're just going to go ahead with it anyway. Right? I mean, that's basically what I'm hearing.
0: No, you still have the right to tell them no. We're not telling you that you have to tell But them. you
24: guys opened the door to this mess. And now we have to clean it up.
0: Yeah, no, we, we didn't, didn't open, open the,
4: door. the door. We didn't open the door. We just slammed it in their face when they when they stepped on our backs. The
0: gentleman then, that was here in the beginning tonight opened the door. He made it to fun site.
3: Uh-huh. Now
0: we're trying to help resolve this issue. So you still can tell them no. You don't have to have them on your property. We're not forcing you to tell them yes. There's nothing, no one of it. None, none of us you want to do No, 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 we're not. We're not telling you anything that you lay your own mind up. What we're seeing is we asked EPA to change their access agreement. They told us no. So be it. Still not telling you that you have to have them on your property. We're not telling you that. So the Fourth Amendment, we're not even touching that.
24: Of course you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you? You're elected. Why wouldn't you touch the Fourth Amendment? You
0: have the right yourself. I'm not going to infringe on your rights. You just got through saying that. We don't want you, anybody, to infringe on my Fourth Amendment, right? And then what you said.
24: What I said is it's your job to protect your citizens. Okay,
0: I am protecting you.
24: You're doing the exact opposite.
0: Okay, that's fine.
24: For nothing? No No, comment? No, I already told you.
0: I already explained it. You still have the right to tell them no. So, okay. Um, any other questions? Yes, come
19: on, Bruce. Yeah, everybody. I'm gonna call the question here in a minute. should already. <laughs> well, it's just a
23: direction. The yeah, there's no vote. Bruce, Bruce Woodhall Dewey Humboldt. This is odd for me. I'm actually gonna compliment the EPA a little bit. Um, I've been in very high levels of management, so. There's a name that's been thrown about and person we can't trust at the EPA. And we're a little upset he's still going to be in his same exact position.
1: No, he got a promotion.
23: Or he got promoted. Well, maybe he got promoted beyond that position and he'll be out of some of this. Who knows? But the point still is if he was in the exact position, these people that got on planes and flew here right away, he answers to people. And he's answering to people because of all the things and just the yelling and screaming that's been going on the last couple years. It's getting their attention. And people above his pay grade are now seeing what's happening here. And he has to answer to them. So that's a little bit of comfort there, that he's not just running the rodeo himself now. He has to answer to people. And they're not in his vein. So... I actually hope that this is in other hands with the EPA because it is our only game in town. It's not like we have an option to pull into a different service station for, the, for a different EPA over here. We only have them. We can only hope they see that we want and need the action we need now. And the past is the past. All right. We're
0: moving on to item E.
26: We already discussed various
0: matters,
26: pertaining the Iron King mind. That was in the first. Can you give us direction? Yeah, okay, yes. I think you, 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 you have the opportunity to give us direction to come back with a letter of, of, of confirming your desire to uh, rescind your opposition to the pro- program and a- ask us to come back with a letter that documents that, but sheriff with EPA your concerns about additional information you want documented in the FAQ. Please. Okay. Yep.
19: What? I would just so it's either yay or nay. You can't just say we'll move forward. And well, that's
26: why. That's why, why I told you. I, I, I. They just said no. I mean, it is yay or nay on that. I basis.
19: understand that, but why not say we're willing to move forward with you, but we completely oppose what you're. Well, let us work on a
26: letter. We'll have it for you. Okay.
19: I think that's the way that it should be.
26: We will, we will bring a couple options back so you can
0: decide. That
10: would be better, All right. Okay. All
0: right. You good with that, both of you? Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to item D. Uh, and move on to item E. Discuss the possible action on the second hearing on the amended ordinance 24 203, amending town code 30.031, mayor and vice mayor appointments power, and duties. Mr. Field. Um,
17: Yes, this is uh, the second reading. Uh, This was a a change to the uh, ordinance that uh, appoints the vice mayor. Um, And what we did is um, we added language that says um, that um, if you have two people that are both qualified, it will be a vote of the, of the council to decide who will be in there.
1: Just to clarify, the same uh, qualifications, as far as um, not been that were before, still uh, obtained to that. I mean, right. correct? And then if there's a tie or two people, three people, then the council votes. OK.
11: So if everybody's. Oh, right. Mr. Thomas. So, if everybody's been vice mayor once, then then what? Good question.
1: <laughs> then I would think it would still go back to the council votes, maybe. Well, but what again, it, it what may mean, have to what add is that.
0: It gonna be? No, if everybody's been a vice mayor, then it goes back to the council to vote again. Because <laughs> it's just like. Just like for just what? It's everybody what? that's available? Anybody yeah. and everybody, yes.
1: So, like, yeah. we all vote, you know. For one person, if one person gets two or three votes, then we would have to go from there.
17: Of course the person would want it. the person to has it. to wanna to do it. I
3: mean Yeah. Or you just wait
17: until someone doesn't show up and that's when you point. You do there that you go. To. Yeah. That's I a good that, idea. I like
0: that. So a that so, motion?
19: Uh, yeah, oh, I guess I'd like to,
3: fit.
19: Yeah, I'd like to make a motion. Uh, to move forward with the amendment of ordinance 24203, amending the town code 30.031, mayor and vice mayor appointment, power and duties.
10: Second.
0: a okay, motion was made by Mr. Finn, seconded by Mr. Barron. Any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, we roll call vote the seventh. Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Councilmember Thomas. Yeah. Mayor
18: Baron. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you, Ms. Evans. So
1: just to clarify, no longer does it go by who had the last, from the last election, who had the most votes. Okay. Just so everybody knows. All
0: right. Moving on to item F. Discuss the possible approval to proceed with the procurement, bidding, and site work for construction of a community center at 12938 East Main Street. Mr. Field. Uh, yes, I uh,
17: gave you a, a communication, council communication on this. I've um, uh, been uh, working with uh, Vice Mayor Barron. He has been very helpful in uh, assisting me on this. Um, what we did is we initially said we were going to bring back what we estimate the cost would be. And then from there. We would ask the council if you want us to proceed or not in procuring, um, the necessary work. Um, uh, we went back and, uh, we looked at, uh, just the general cost of a building. Now, of course, we'll still have to make sure that it follows all the procurement requirements. Uh, and, uh, what I did is I went back and I took the quotes that we had on the town hall back in 2021. Um, I uh, used those uh, and estimated uh, construction uh, prices uh, under the current market prices. We used the rule of thumb of uh, construction cost per square foot on recently permitted projects in the town. Um, And uh, when it came to the kitchen, estimated the uh, prices of new equipment Um, does not mean that you don't you can't go ahead and buy certain equipment used Uh, that's in good condition. Um, So we're just trying to come up with what it would cost us in total. Now uh, there has been at least uh, some things already done. and uh, that included uh, the the property being surveyed and soil tested for geotechnical engineering recommendations for the foundation. Um, it's a different type of building going on though. Uh, it also uh, uh, looked at what kind of uh, earthwork grading needed to be done, the slabs on grade. All that has already been done, but it was for the original building that we were going to do for the town hall. Um, again, these are our uh, prices that uh, uh, would be based on square footage. Um, the type of building that uh, we think uh, will be characterized uh, would be designated as General Assembly.
16: Uh, based on the size,
17: we believe the occupancy should be 100 and uh, would be used by the public. Now, realize that this is only contemplating a, a community center uh, in the building of it. Uh, uh, with a kitchen. It doesn't include anything else that might have, have to be done, such as if you have to man more than with, with volunteers, then that would be additional costs. Um, and that would be continuing costs. Um, the, uh, and, of course, the operations on the electrical and the water and what have you. Um, so what I did is I did put down what the items were that were needed. Um, uh, it contemplated having at, um, at least one office. Um, we looked at the septic system. If it's going to be a conventional septic system, it's about ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand. If we go to an alternative system, it's all going to depend on the percolation test. Um, again, you can see through here the plumbing, uh, the electrical, uh, the type of equipment that we would put in. Uh, Then we also put in, and I did an estimate on outside site improvements based on square footage for landscaping, painting, sidewalk, any sort of hardscape, natural gas hookups. Uh, uh, Now it's important to note that Aquafria Festival, Dump Days, and Dewey Days, and St. Mary's Food Bank. if you build this on that property will be affected um so the financial impact just uh based upon uh, conservative uh, numbers for the building um excluding any unforeseen issues would be around four hundred thousand. um of course that doesn't have a contingency in it um which you again you may want to put in. So it's up to you to decide if you want to move on
16: further and we can then start looking at
17: the procurement and how we have to do it uh, uh, if we find exemptions to the requirement under Title 34 for construction of the building and acquisition, um, if we look at uh, uh Cooperative uh, procurement through some other source of the same type of building. So, uh, again, that's up to you. Mr. Mayor, you can I'm, go. I'm, I'm, I'm I know. You can off. go.
26: This is an example that I want to explain. About six months, six. Jeremiah got way out in front with his expertise, and I pointed out we had a procurement issue. This is how the system works. You authorize Jeremiah to assist the manager in using his expertise, and this is a good solution. Then you. then we'll go through the formal procurement, much like you've know, been on the whole bucket. But I need to get on the road yep. if that's okay. Yep, no Thank problem. You. Safe trip.
1: Thanks, Bill. Thank you all. All right. I'm right. like we'll
26: going to the phone Bill. You good?
0: You good? Are you good, Bill?
17: Oh well, I'm you good. done? I'm
0: good. I'm sorry. Oh,
17: wait, I didn't <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right,
1: Miss Lance. So um, we, I thought we talked about having um space for road works an office for them with a area is that not part of this
17: uh no no and that's because the size of the the uh lot is uh three quarters of an acre not yeah in. it's not very big at all you can't even pull the equipment okay. in there So, it, you know, you want to be near the equipment and have it all in one spot. But that has been suggestions. That doesn't include if we want to put in other offices.
0: Okay, Mr. Dunn.
11: Um, I've been in the business for 45 years, and I don't want to be insulting, but your numbers are way off, way off. Um, a good example. How'd you come up with ten thousand dollars for a conventional system for a building that is supposed to maintain a hundred people?
17: Yeah, uh, it's uh, a uh, tank of twelve fifty to fifteen hundred. Okay, uh, it is the extra piping and uh, the uh, ten thousand to twenty thousand. Twenty thousand is if. If it doesn't percolate right, you'll have to get an alternative.
11: system is too small. You're talking minimum of about $30,000 just for septic system for a building that's going to handle upwards of 100 people. Okay. That's, that's not even going through the rest of the list. That That is something that is just not. Going off a of old numbers is a good way to get an idea on stuff. Yeah. Way off. Put a building in that size with what will need to be done. You are talking a considerable amount more than that. I'm not even going to put a number on it without sitting down and doing crack, crushing numbers. Yeah. Because just to put wild numbers out on something off of something based off of what happened before, you can't go off. You know,
15: prices are up over 400 percent right now on commercial buildings. 400% from what they were when Don
11: figured out to, try to put a building up there before our town hall. So it's just...
17: Actually, that was... Um, those were numbers derived from the engineer or the architect at the time.
11: Seven years ago. When Is Don it, first started that. Start. But that was when he... The final completion of the plans. Oh, okay. That's not... No, those numbers all started years ago years ago. That, that's off, big time. I'm done. I'm not just, that's, okay.
18: that's,
11: you better, make, I mean, architecture will work alone. I've have an architect to do design this. you have an architect to charge you to do that? <laughs> to do that. <laughs> A lot of dollars. A lot of dollars. So. Yeah. So. <clears throat> okay, you done?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Ms. Rogers.
27: Um, I have a couple of questions I have relating to, um, well, one of them is the, uh, in the quote from the High Desert Place that about the insulation of R13. In, in one of my previous lives, mm-hmm. I worked for a company that made insulation and packaging and I went to several trainings and blah, blah, blah and in oh when was that in the 70s they were saying that you should have at least 19. so there's a few more dollars there uh, and it, maybe it went even higher but now maybe it's 25 or 30. i don't know um and then i also wondered about the relationship between the okay you have a paving number then down below a couple of paragraphs you say but since we have all these other activities we might have to pave a hundred percent what what percent are you starting out with
17: well the idea is is that it's the remaining area or footprint that's there you want to try to because of the uh, uh, contamination that we saw you want to try to cap it somehow and uh, one of the ways you can Oh, I, I get that. But yeah. if your
27: price up here in the uh, outside uh, site improvements for number two paving is X amount 69000 I mean dollars, is that yeah. ten percent of the property? Is that twenty five? Is that no? That, it's it's based solely
17: on uh, square footage of the building, and the percent per um, not the percent but the square footage price for paving based upon uh, the prior.
27: That's the three thousand square foot yeah. of the building plus whatever some sidewalks yeah. and nothing else being paved. That's
17: what no. it asphalt, parking paving. It, it includes a parking uh, space.
3: Space.
27: Okay. I guess I'm trying to figure I'm just trying to think of, okay, if we have that number, but down below you say but we probably ought to pave the whole thing, which I'm not saying that's a good idea or a bad idea. I'm just trying to figure out how much more that might be. If this is okay, no. it's 50 percent. You know,
17: is it? Yeah, I understand. Understand. I understand. I, I think what we were we were trying to do is give you a rough idea, and that's it because we still need to go out, and you would still have to price everything out.
27: Um, and I, okay, then I had a question about the sprinklers. I, I'm surprised that that was a question of if we
25: need. I think that's probably mandatory.
10: Only over five thousand square feet. Okay. So, Robert, it's changed. It's changed. It's changed. Yeah. It goes by occupancy now, not square
1: footage. Yeah. So what's the occupancy for? Hundred uh, people. 100
16: or
17: more. Oh. And it will also count on. Uh, what will be important is TAPMA would have to be brought in. Our um, inspector would have to tell us. PJ, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they, you know, if they recommend it, you're gonna go with it.
27: If you want to build it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's th- uh, that's all for now. Thank you. All right, Mr. Barry. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Rogers. Two windows? Come on.
3: <laughs>
27: <laughs> Let's have two roll-up garage doors, but only two windows. Well, that'd be yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, yeah I saw that prices were added out. there, but
17: what a place to start too. <laughs> Where <laughs> did you put it is my question, but it, that's okay.
27: Yeah, All always... around oh, edge. Uh, okay.
4: So we don't need that, an architect we or, open or open anything open. Do
17: we for this. I, I don't think open you do because, be because an it's an already uh, an engineered plan. But the built. thing is, Being you may need plan? it for inside the framing and everything. You might want to want to have someone lay it out. Public
11: building is required
17: um and then i i'm i'm pretty sure your number
4: for the septic is pretty dang close um because we're not servicing a hundred people every single day it's not the demand on the system on a consistent hey
0: hang on everybody be quiet please thank
4: you i was having trouble hearing you i'm in trouble having to hear all day from him so your your numbers are pretty dang close um i think if if anything your, your hood number might go up a little bit yeah. just for the fire suppression. But, I mean, everything else that I've kind of priced and looked in ballpark to myself, it, it, everything seems pretty spot yeah. on. Um, so I just wanted to let you know about your septic number was pretty good. So, um,
17: and. One. I got one just then.
0: A few other things that you need to change. Yeah. So the roll-up doors are so not insulated so you need to put insulated doors if you're gonna have this as a community center and do it the right way. The roll-up doors that they're listing are not insulated. It's a little typo there, it says insulation, but it's not the roll-up doors. And then, um, since you're doing a commercial kitchen, you need to have a grease trap installed before the septic system. So that's going to add to your septic cost for the grease trap and then you got to figure um, your grease pumping put that in your annual budget so it's not a surprise to you Um, and then duly noted it says uh, plumbing electrical and HVAC you're not gonna go in there after the slab is done put your plumbing and stuff in so before you do any of this you have to have the interior the way you want it, or you're wasting your efforts. Um, so, and the HVAC system needs to be addressed for um, over 100 people. Okay, right. not just for the building, because right. you had 50 people through the room. You okay. better have a better machine. Yes. So, a few of those things okay. need to be need to be done. But um, there's just the things that if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. Mm-hmm. And go from there all right mr
19: finn yeah that was kind of what i was going to say With if you're going to do it do it right Uh, the questions i would have and i'm all for this i just am looking at uh you know the place for public works we're trying to find land for town hall and do a community center there does this take away from from that what are the expenditure limits if we approve what you're asking here to continue through the procurement process and construct the project are we not having any say And i mean are we capping at four hundred thousand?
17: but what if it's not enough it will have to be a, a decision when bids come back on what it's going to cost
0: Well, right now we're just letting you take this out to bid okay correct? then i'd like yeah. to make a yeah. motion the, the problem with and i am it, it is whatever we want to do but if we're going to go out to bid we, we gotta have, we gotta know what we're doing on the inside of it. Honestly, guys, um, you're pouring a slab. You gotta know what you're doing, especially if you're gonna put plumbing in there. I mean,
17: so yeah,
0: I'm not stalling. I'm just if we're gonna do this, let's do it one time and save stay, stay three or four months of coming back and going. Oh well, now we gotta add this to it, and then we gotta go back out to bid again. I mean, you know, we it. I'm just saying if we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be the community center. Then let's build the walls. Let's do the stuff, and then we don't have anywhere in here for those those fiberglass uh, insulated walls. Got that vinyl blacking to them. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna have uh, activities in there, you're gonna want to either drywall those walls or do something with those walls because they're easy to poke a hole in. And then you got tape that you got to tape it up with. And I mean, it it it, it's okay for something, but not for a commercial building.
19: The insulation's
0: great, but you just gotta protect it. Oh okay. yeah, it's not great.
19: So okay. yeah. if if I could make a motion to that, then um if we can make design this thing to the hilt and continue through the procurement process and come back to council with what you have,
17: so that yeah, so you can look at what we have prior to going out to bid, is that what you No, say? no, actually go to bed. It, yeah. A bid, yeah. You
10: system. you've no,
17: got you got to have, have, have everything work. done yeah, here, so you have to design it first. You can't
3: go to bid until
11: you have architect.
19: And Bill even said so before. Exactly. Go to bid, throw kitchen. and in the bathrooms
4: in the thing and put it out to bid. It's that complicated. It's a metal building with a couple of walls on the inside of it. The rest of it's open for for whatever. I mean, this is simple stuff. So can, can you not
19: go to procurement, out to bid with that in mind and, and, and have something kind of fabricated? Yeah, I yeah. think we should go to bid with it. We just need it designed to be acceptable.
4: We don't need a big kitchen in there either. I mean, it doesn't have to be this you know restaurant
19: food we'll style.
4: It's just. So, so Something we'll five ten game people game.
0: can mosey yeah, around Come yeah, yeah. comfortably, hey.
4: and you know, be
10: good. Okay. So there's a motion
0: on the floor to take it to procurement and have bidding, and then come back to us with with what in mind, Matt?
19: With a complete design, whatever you feel is the complete design. As long the design as design comes first, that's
10: what I think. Well, you don't go That's to bid until so you have a design. But right? they have to do the design
19: and then go to bid. They're not going to come back with a design. They're going to
3: yeah.
19: add what you yeah, need to the design.
11: Before we carry on the motion, hey,
0: before we carry on with this motion, I'm going to let the audience tell you what they really want in this building. So I <laughs> honestly don't know who had the hand, hand up first. Seven we'll seven leave. leave well, yeah. Let's start off seven with Jason. Come on, Jason. Your arm just jumping up.
6: Thank you, John. Jason, some time to be humble. Thank you for not leaving my hand up there for three hours like it has been in the past. Amy's laughing. It has been. I I get muscle fatigue, like everybody else does. Okay, Jeremiah. Thank you. Great idea. Great idea. Nothing for public works yet. Matt's got his gears are spinning over there. I can see it with public works. Okay, but we had a packed house here tonight. Are we going to plan ahead with this thing to where when we have big meetings or just meetings in general, we're set up to record and we have internet over there and we have all that, that way we can just not have our town hall meetings in here anymore. We can have our town meetings over there. That's going to mean a copy machine, a computer, all of that. Just, yep. Conference call system, phone systems. You're going to have to have the phone bridge. You're going to have to have all of that over there. I understand that. Council
4: chambers, because you'd have, how would you have a community center with council chambers in
6: there? We ha- You can have 49 people in here per the building official. In this building, in this room, you're going to have 49 people. We had people standing outside tonight. What are you going to do if it's snowing like it was two weeks ago? It was snowing during a meeting outside. It was wet. Gary Mortimer walked outside and got a a shower right outside the front door. So, you know, you guys used to kick us out for E-session. I think it's time that we start holding our meetings all the way up there at the public works yard out in the out in the elements in the middle of a snowstorm, so you all get a taste of what we have to go through. I'm saying if you're doing this, do it right. Let's have the community center and let's have our town meetings up there. That's all I'm saying. Thank
1: you. We need to
0: extend the meeting.
1: Yeah. I make a motion to extend the meeting till ten fifteen.
0: Okay, I second. second that. All right. Roger seconds it. Okay, motion been made by Miss Lance to extend the meeting to ten fifteen. Miss Rogers second that. Any discussion on the motion? All right, Miss Evans, roll call vote, please. Council Member Finn. Yes. Council yes. Member Rogers. Yes. Council Member Lance. Yes. Council Member Thomas.
5: Yes. Vice Mayor Barron. Yes. Mayor
0: Hughes. Yes. Thank you, Miss Evans. Okay, now. Christine, come on up.
16: Christy Bagwell, Dewey Humboldt It sounds to me like we need to start with some drawings and architectural plans which are pretty much necessary if you want to put something out to bid Now, we've also decided or at least had it brought up that this might be a place to hold meetings on occasion. If that's the case, that's going to completely change your scope of work and all that. So it sounds like we need to work with an architect first to come up with a plan, because I don't think you have a complete plan yet to put out for procurement bids. Thank you.
0: Uh, come on up, Tom. and in
3: the
22: next. You want to be architect? i a lot blue hills. Uh, you
6: can get an engineered steel building, and the engineers at the work a lot cheaper than an architect. And I forgot what else I was going to say. <laughs>
25: this is First that, right? Probably have a room
4: where they could draw some stuff on the inside for us too.
25: Oh, I hate—I
6: hate to say it, but I'm going to have to agree with Barry because I think you're looking at more like 750 by today's standards. That's that's about average for a metal building. Thanks. All
0: right, Mr. Mr. (laughs) Donovan,
25: Mike Donovan, Dewey Humboldt. it's actually the first time I'd heard about this. I've been haven't been paying attention to these as much as I should. But um, I I suspect we all know that a couple hundred feet away from where this would be, there is a community center. I, you all know that. Um, the firewise is used, and I think we've had quite a... Oh, excuse me, pretty big co- crowd in there. Um, but uh, my question is. I'm, I'm, or my comment is, is that it seems as if the town is all of a sudden prosperous, because they now have a half a million dollars that they can spend on putting in a second facility. Uh, I know it's not a town facility, but it's a facility that is a meeting facility. The other issue I have is that we use the heck out of that location for the cleanup days. And a whole lot of the town people come to the cleanup days, and, and they're all very happy to have it. I would hope that you would have a place to do the cleanup days other than there before you stick a building on it. Thank you
0: all
12: right hang on all right bobby nod quick question like the idea bobby sorry robert nod oh. <coughs> quick question building hold 100 people 20 parking spots that's my question because i know we can line the the road out here but say you have another embracing meeting like this where you're going to get a lot of people are we going to have a shuttle service for some of the older folk to be honest with you because they I mean, 20 spots is not necessarily a lot. like the idea, but just if we're going to look at it, look at the whole picture, I mean, parking is going to be an issue too. Thank Do you. you. Oh, I ain't buying
22: golf cart. <laughs> <laughs>
27: I'll bring my back home. There you
26: go.
9: I'll ride in the front. <laughs> of in the back. Little... Yeah, I suggested this one. several months ago. Mayor Hughes, sell us your property, <laughs> then we can have something. <laughs> it has a lot of parking space. Yeah,
3: it's got a lot of room,
9: huh?
0: It's got a lot of room.
9: Yeah, there you go. So
0: I'd say you should donate <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: it. You got more
9: acres than I do, pal. All right. <laughs> Ooh, perfect. <laughs> uh, that was pretty
17: good. That was a
9: good one, John. <laughs> That
0: comes, young, I do. that comes from the youngest of six that fast comes from what yeah,
9: the right. youngest of six you're fast on your feet the youngest of six fastest on your feet that's right. good i just we need to do something the community is starving for things i don't want to say attention but activities and we just need to do something i don't know what the answer is but we need to do something if you think it's 750000 come on, John, think about it. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Wait,
10: wait, wait.
2: Sue Brad humboldt So this is what we do every time. We get to a certain point, and then it all kind of just goes to you know where can we just do this please find a way to agree get it done please that the activity center is is too small and we're not welcome there i'm telling you we're it's not true. welcome there we went there we are not welcome there we need our own place please anybody
0: else yes mr brooks come on up
6: why
14: it means to it out. Karen Brooks Humboldt. Thank you, Mayor and Council, for allowing me to speak. Um, I, Well, first off, the first thing is you're, you're going to have to do just like Healy Swift had to. Because of the two-inch water pipe that we have in the Humboldt Water Systems, you're going to have to have, I believe, two water storage tanks or one big water storage tanks to support your fire suppression system and everything. And it's not that you have to have the whole amount of water for a certain period of time. It's you have to have this stockpile of water with considering that the two inch water line is going to keep feeding into the storage tanks is the way Rick Chase explained it to us during Healy Swift. But secondly, I think that it goes back is now we've had a price of four hundred to seven hundred thousand and everything. And that price is not going to go away. But I'm still going to advocate to getting a, a council, town council center on a large piece of property that we can build onto, that it will be ours, that Say we start out with the okay. four hundred or seven hundred thousand dollar um, single building, but then we can sp- expand onto it. And then another thing that's coming up is how's our lease doing? When's that got to be looked at? So and how much more? I know we've probably put in over a million dollars in rent, oh, yeah. well over. so and everything, if not more than that, by far. And so here we go, but I think we need to have something that we can continue to expand and build on and have enough room on for the public works, for a community center, for youth activities, or whatever besides town hall. And we'd have plenty of parking spaces. So that's what I've got. All right.
0: I allowed it all night. I'm not going to change now.
3: It used to. The last council,
0: if I said no, they voted it anyway. So we're just going to go with
16: it. Christy Bagwell, do we humble? I want to hear more about this property of yours. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Uh, Everybody's
0: done, right? Okay. So there's Matt. Go ahead. Go. Oh, Mr. Thomas, sorry. Uh, I just,
11: Mrs. Brooks made a comment that I was going to make about a town hall. Remember just a few weeks ago we were talking about this property and we are going to get busy on getting our town hall and our civic center put together. Right there is our community center and now we're talking about sinking a ton of money into a metal building on Main Street. I guess that means we're going to just throw the idea of our historical Main Street out the window because we're going to put a nice big ugly metal building down here. Let's get past this community metal building thing on the dirt lot down the street and get busy with what we're supposed to be doing, which is getting ourselves a civic center put together. How long are we going to do this? We're we just gonna throw another egg out at, you know, well wait, well, well, let's just go oh, well. The town needs something, you're right. We need a place to hold our meetings and the kids need a place to play Little League and public works needs a place to put their machines. And we're not going to get it by putting a metal building on a lot down the
10: street.
3: I agree.
19: A...
0: sell your property, please.
3: I'm It's, done.
19: Done. it's his deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go after him. No, go ahead. You sure? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess what I was looking for was to complete a real design, get some real numbers, and bring it back. But if to me, we have to look at priorities with this, and we're lacking in other things. It, it, how much work is it to get real numbers? So, if we complete this with the things like water tanks and figuring out parking lots and
13: the cost of more an architect an architect so that we have plans. No, my my, mo- my motion
19: to is to complete and design the plans, put it out to bid, and come back with, you just with the what final the cost. Is. Is. The
11: cost is an architect to build, to design a, a building room. that we. Probably won't build. Does We've it hurt? done that once already? We got to set a set of plans for a town hall that we can't build. Right. That cost us over a
17: hundred thousand dollars.
0: That was you. God's sake! Can I, can How I, I amend, are we continue? Can I amend your
17: yes,
3: motion, please,
0: to have the town manager contact the building building manufacturers and see if they can give them a rough design of a kitchen and bathrooms? Right.
19: Right. And actually get a price. Huh? Yes. That's yes. what I'm asking Okay,
0: for. Yes. We don't need an architect. We're just going to go with that for the now and see what the pricing is.
19: I would second that. Okay.
0: All right.
19: Hold on. So I'll be quick,
4: but obviously um, nobody's ever heard of an investment before. Uh, this town's failed to buy properties countless times that have been right in our hands for our grabs nobody's ever seized it. And yet here we are talking about obtaining properties. Well, why wasn't it done in the past? Why isn't it being done now? It is actively being done to a certain degree. I mean, if people actually put in the work, then we probably would be a little bit further along than we are right now with it. But despite the fact, if we do end up building this building, you use it down the road for something else. You sell it. You you, you try and find some sort of avenue to have revenue, generate from it, the one thing that the town needs, revenue. And as to what Mr. Donovan said, what me and Jay did cover that, and he said where their yard is now, they had dumpster days one time there before years ago. He doesn't know why they had it there, but it, it was about four years ago, and I vaguely remember it. But but they did have space at, at their public works yard to house another dumpster day. Um, so, you know, that's just an option if, if we do need it. So neither, neither one of them are the greatest, but, you know, r- realistically, a, a nice, bigger piece would, would be nice to help everybody out in, in that. But, um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm just, just constantly disgusted in the fact of what, uh, what Sue said, we, we never move anywhere because we always get to a certain point and then everything holds, brakes are on and, and, uh, well, forget this idea. And we never see anything through. And we have a great opportunity right in our hands to finally start doing something and accomplishing something that's actually for the people and for the community. And Jason's right. If we do need it for larger venues, instead of going to the school, we can go there. The the options are available. Let's just see it. So I'm done so we can close this out. I've got a question for you. Go
0: ahead.
19: What more do we need to add to it to get a final, like a real number?
4: I think that's a real number. I think, I think if anything, it's probably going to go up $100,000. But
19: we need to know that before we vote on it. So, so, that's uh, all I'm asking for. I'm saying, let's do it, but let's get a real, which I think you have the building, it's engineered, that's fine, but let's do the real add-ons and get a real number and approve it. Show me a
11: contractor that's going to
19: give you a bid for electrical plumbing,
11: HVAC, you or anything planned. else without a set of plans. I
19: agree.
11: No one
3: just call an ass build okay so, it's it's <laughs> an ass build
4: you've never heard of them they get done all no, the time no <laughs> i've never got, heard we, of we them okay it. i didn't think you did motion <laughs> from you
0: is mr finn got a second I'm on the motion i'll
11: second it i don't know about to do on tractor either okay all
0: right mr finn made a motion mr Barron seconded any discussion on the motion
19: we're just yes. treating it
0: as an amended motion read your motion
19: okay so to complete design and plans to include all the amenities that that we need put it out to bid with a real number
0: Johnson. no I just well, you said yeah bath- bathrooms bathroom kitchen kitchen
19: septic the, yeah yep.
0: did,
16: grease trap
19: yeah. grease trap I mean I don't think we need to name everything but make it a complete design plans Put it out to bid, come back with complete numbers so we can vote on it.
0: You got direction like that, you understand it? Okay. Yes. So motion been made, seconded. Any discussion on the motion? Seeing that the seven roll call vote. For- yes. Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Rogers.
19: Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes.
3: Councilmember
27: Thomas. Not a chance.
0: Vice Mayor Bear. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ms. Evans. All right. Now we're going to move on to uh, item 11, which is to
3: adjourn at 1015. No, you did it. Whoa. <laughs>